and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Cabia Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good things. And guys, it is awfully good to have you here. And joining us here today, sitting right over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, it is a fine day today. I don't know why, just as fine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's excellent. And sitting right <laughs> beside him nice. is, of course, Chris Meyer Burnett. Married yeah. to Robert Meyer Burnett, apparently. We're married now. According to my sister-in-law. Yeah, your sister-in-law. Yeah, we're a thruple now. Because yeah. your sister-in-law was like, you're his wife, right? And I went, no. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were at, uh, we were at a, a dinner last night uh, celebrating uh, uh, Ray's birthday. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Anne and her mom and Ray and Anne's sister, Olive was there. At the end of it, Aunt Olive, well, I guess it had a couple of sake shots. So, so you guys are married? <laughs> so, so that was... <laughs> like, well, I gotta I said, go break it to yes. Logan. I, yeah. I was about to say you're, you're a young girl. Like I'm, I'm too old for you. Aww. Oh, that's fine. Oh, you're too old for Elizabeth fine, too, Rob. but that works out all right. Oh, sorry. Anyway, guys. Also sitting over here, yesterday's birthday boy Ray yeah. Orr. Hey, shout out to Chef Rigo. Thank you for the wonderful meal. Yeah, it he was came a fantastic in, meal. Wasn't even scheduled to work, but he came in for yeah. us. So thank you so much. And he also had on his name tag. Your birthday Happy program birthday, Ray. digitally. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was really sweet. Very cool. Thank and you. sitting beside him, of course, running the show today, producer Jonathan Boyko. The man behind the curtains are actually in front of the curtains. but as, as the case may be. And we are awfully glad that you guys are here today. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two por- portions. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Here's how you get a live comment or question on. Number one, got to be watching live. Number two, when we get to the end of the main topics, I'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. That will be your time that you can start firing your thoughts, opinions, theories, questions, whatever, that we will address in the second half of the show. Word of warning, though, we only leave the Super Chats open for a couple of minutes, so make sure you have them ready to go. Okay, guys, with that down, we got a number of things to talk about here today, so let's start with one off the top, and that is this. You know, one of my favorite movies as a kid was Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse. (laughs) That movie is filled with so many great, iconic lines, some of which I can't even repeat here on the John Campia show. Are we not supposed to quote that on the show? I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty hard one. I, I, don't, I don't even feel comfortable saying that line. Everybody knows the line I'm talking yeah. about. Demonetized. Yeah, de- instantly demonetized. demonetized. Where'd our sponsors go? So <laughs> I, I loved that movie and actually made my heart happy because one of my favorite shows of all time is Corpse Parks and Rec. And the one episode where Andy starts reenacting Roadhouse. Oh, Roadhouse, the greatest movie ever created. Anyway, it's it's just so good. Sam Elliott oh. is so good in that. It's just... It's just an iconic, fantastic movie. And, and, and Kevin Ty, who owns the bar. Oh, that's right. You know, he was yes. on, if you grew up in the 70s, he was one of the, the, the firefighters on emergency. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I never knew that. Oh, my God, that's funny. Okay, so there have been some whispers about somebody trying to remake Roadhouse a number of times along the way. A couple of years ago, actually, Ronda Rousey was going to star in a remake of Roadhouse. <laughs> and then Ronda Rousey he lost the title. She kind of she wasn't the big star anymore, and so they kind of moved on from that. Probably was a good thing. But now, guess what? It's back. Roadhouse is coming back, and this time, 
filling the immortal shoes of Patrick Swayze. It's going to be one of the greatest actors of our generation. Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be playing the lead role. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR <laughs> wrote the following. Jake Gyllenhaal will star in Roadhouse, a remake of Patrick Swayze's 1989 cult classic action film. Doug Liman, the Born Identity and Edge of Tomorrow director, will direct the Amazon Studios production, which also stars Billy Magnuson, No Time to Die, The Many Saints of Newark, uh, Daniela, I don't know how to pronounce that, last name, Melchior, from The Suicide Squad. I'm not even going to try to pronounce some of these names from League of Their Own and Euphoria. And anyway, lots of people going to be in there. So... Uh, he goes on to say, I'm thrilled to put my own spin on this beloved Roadhouse legacy, Lyman said in a statement, and I can't wait to show audiences what Jake and I are going to do with this iconic role. I am of a kind of mixed mind a little bit, but but really more to one side. I mean, sure, this was one of my favorite movies growing up. Me and my buddies often would grab the VHS tape. Mm. What's that? And slap in Roadhouse and watch it over and over and over and over again. Be nice. It's just like over. That's one of the greatest lines ever, by the way. <laughs> but at the same time, I am all for remakes. Remake everything. I don't care. Remake, <laughs> remake The Godfather. Remake Star Wars. Remake everything. It's fine. If you make a bad movie, oh, well, we discard it like we do all bad movies. If you make a good movie, yay, we have a new good movie to celebrate. And the idea of a Jake Gyllenhaal stepping Because listen, I feel much differently today about the idea of a Roadhouse remake with Jake Gyllenhaal than I did about the idea of a Ronda Rousey, you know, a non-actor stepping in to feel, you know how I feel about mm. that stuff. So I feel much better about this today. I'm totally all for it, and I think it's going to be great. So so what's going to be the Roadhouse in this movie if it's modern? Is it going to be Claim Jumper, Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> we what can literally go to a double I mean, deuce. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what is he defending here? It's gonna be it's gonna be a you know a sole proprietor of a small roadhouse trying to stand up against the the incursion of the big conglomerate chains like Chili's and whatever. There we go. I He's think it's gonna, gonna be awesome. Here's my problem with the whole thing though. You have you ever gone to a bar? No one's getting in each other's faces. They're all just looking at Tinder, swiping left or right. No one who gets in fights in bars anymore. They, nah, they got their phones. Real bar. It's kind of sad but true. That is the one big difference now. Everybody in these bars are gonna be constantly. You know, I bet you anything that's going to be one of Jake Gyllenhaal's big things is not only like clean it up, but get people off. How do we get people off their phones? How Real do we get human them? connection? Real human connection. You know, it's funny. I, I tweeted. No kidding. I tweeted this morning that I was going to give up the entertainment industry and open a bar called Funky Cold Medina. And I was going to take away everybody's phones before they came in. Maybe that could be part of the plot. You know what? That would. You do that in Los Angeles, it would probably do real well. Dude, I, 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 I would wanted, actually probably do really well. I wanted well. to open a phoneless bar for years. They did that in Maverick, right? Well, at least at the bar, you couldn't. Yeah, have at the bar, a, you couldn't have the phone there. Yeah, That's you right. couldn't have the phone. But open up a phone. You know, when we go to these screenings, and they give us the little pouches your phone goes into. Yep. I would love to open a bar and, and call it like Convo, would be the name of the bar. Bar Convo, and where everybody gets to talk. The bar where you can talk to each other. Well, while I love the billion-dollar idea, what do you think about a remake of uh, No, of Roadhouse? I, look, I, I mean, I think... It is a million-dollar idea, I by the way. The thing about, I think the thing about Roadhouse, though, is we do live in a different time. And, and there was something about, you know, I was. it's funny because I was watching Roadhouse not too long ago, and I was like, I would like to go hang out at this bar now because it was a fun bar. You know, people got in fights on Friday nights, and it was a rough place, but it looked fun compared to the bars that you go to now, which aren't. But I think a a, a movie uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal, we were talking about earlier, like in Southpaw, how, how Jack yeah. he looked in that movie. I would love to see, like, 
if anybody could bring a quiet menace to a role, Jake Gyllenhaal could do it. He could be like, be nice, but he could kick your ass. I mean, I, the whole part of Roadhouse, I mean, if you can take out some dude's throat, you know, isn't that what, what he does? Oh, yeah. Isn't that what Dalton does? Yes. At the end? I would believe Jake Gyllenhaal can do that. And if you're going to remake Roadhouse, that's the guy to do it. He might not be as traditionally pretty as Patrick Swayze, that's a pretty good looking look that what I, what I, But what I mean is he's more of a of a, a menacing. Whereas Patrick Swayze has a sweetness to him. Come on, he did okay, hold baby up. He held that. baby up in the corner. And he but Jake Gyllenhaal was in Nightcrawler. He could kick your ass. Chris, what do you think about a remake of uh of Roadhouse with Jake Gyllenhaal? I mean, I think before we can get into this, we have to hear from Rob Roger Ebert's original review of this <laughs> roadhouse exists right on the edge between the good bad movie and the merely bad i hesitate to recommend it because so much depends on the ironic vision of the viewer this is not a good movie but viewed in the right frame frame of mind it's not a boring one either and i think this is the key here are they doing a serious remake of this where they're like this time we're going to do roadhouse but it's going to be a prestige film because i want it to be so good bad tombstone pizza it baby I would love that. I want this philosopher door guy who's a cooler to just do some weird shit and make this campy as hell. Wasn't this movie directed by Rowdy Harrington? I honestly can't remember. But you know what I want more than anything else in this? I want, because I tell you, you can still do it. Sam Elliott should just come back and play the same role. Sam Elliott can still play the the same same guy. He can totally play the same guy. Just bring him back. Jonathan, could you bring that picture up again one more time of the, the three of them? Oh, uh, yes. Original Rowdy cast? Harrington. Rowdy, like, it was Ra- the guy, a guy named Rowdy directed the first makes one. Makes sense. Look like, at Sam's, all this hair. On, look at that. Sam's look at this hair good is hair. More white now. Yeah. But he doesn't look terribly different. Yeah. <laughs> and give Jake Gyllenhaal that same haircut. I yeah. want that pompadour back. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. That's why. That's probably why he's getting in the fights. <laughs> if it's right now, he put in the haircut. <laughs> all right, guys. Questions for you. What do you think about this? Doing a Roadhouse remake with Jake Gyllenhaal playing, stepping in the shoes for Patrick Swayze. What do you think about that? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top here, and that's this. Now, of course, yesterday you guys will remember that we talked a little bit about more about Sylvester Stallone, got on social media again to just brutally lash out again at a 91-year-old producer and his stupid, useless children and stuff like that, wanting to be given rights that are not his. And he wants to be given these things back. And as a part of that tirade, he brought Dolph Lundgren into it. He said, Dolph, why? Why Why no phone call? <laughs> well, Sly, why didn't you call him instead of getting on social media Telephones and doing it? Telephones work both ways, buddy. So, so Dolph Lundgren, of course, we mentioned this briefly. Dolph Lundgren also got online and said, hey, listen, I, I reached out to, you know, as far as I understood... I thought that, you know, Sly was going to be part of this. But anyway, this comes to us now from IndieWire. Because Dolph Lundgren kind of summed up a little bit more. It says, uh, Drago is saying drag no to a rumored Rocky spinoff. First of all, shame on you, IndieWire. What an Amy Polar Pawnee headline. Yes, you really (laughs) do need to be punished for that. 
Uh, Dolph Lundgren took to Instagram to clarify his involvement in a Drago-centric installment of the Rocky franchise after a press leak last week that led Sylvester Stallone to slam producer Erin Winkler for picking clean the bones of the franchise Stallone <laughs> founded. Yeah. MGM was said to be developing a new Rocky and Creed spinoff centered on Lundgren's Ivan Drago and his son, played by Florian uh, Mant... I've never pronounced Florian's last name right. Uh, Montenu? Montenu? Sure. Whatever. He was great in <laughs> okay. Shang-Chi. Uh, Lundgren believes Stallone was involved in the Rocky spinoff, either as a producer or as an actor. Lundgren portrayed Drago in both Rocky IV and Creed II. Then Lundgren said this, just to set the record straight, regarding a possible Drago spinoff, there is no approved script, no deals are in place, no director, and I was personally under the impression that my friend Sly Stallone was involved as a producer or even as an actor, Lundgren uh, captioned in the photo alongside Stallone. So basically, uh, Ivan Drago's coming out, and number one, I feel bad for him that he has to come out and make some kind of public statement because of Stallone's, you know, outlash yeah, the other day. But he got a line, look, just so everybody knows... This is so preliminary early. Remember, nobody announced this project. This was a project that somebody found out about and leaked it and all this kind of stuff. But as of now, there is no script, no director, no whatever. There were just some preliminary conversations, and that got leaked out. And Stallone heard about that. Instead of speaking up the phone and calling Lundgren, he got on social media and blah, blah, blah. So I like the way that Dolph Lundgren approached this. I mean, I can't remember. Somebody in this room said somebody needed to be the grown-up in the room. It was probably Chris. It sounds like a Chris thing to say. Oh, was was it you, Jonathan? It's also a very Jonathan thing to say. Thanks for thinking that I was a grown-up, though. Me. (laughs) So, I know, Rob, you hear hear Dolph Lundgren's response to this. What's your takeaway from it? Well, I think, first of all, it's a very classy response. I mean, it's, and like you said, he was dragged into this non-controversy. Right. I mean, I, 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 and also... All of this really, John, baffles me. I mean, Stallone did a director's cut of Rocky Ford just last year, you know, and, and I would have thought that obviously he had to have the blessing of Erwin Winkler to do that and the mm-hmm. studio to get back into the negative and recut it and they released it. It even had a, they put it in theaters as a Fathom event. So I, I don't know if he's posturing to sort of get leverage. I don't know what's happening here. It just seems to me that it's a bit odd. Because Stallone has been making money off the Rocky franchise. It's not like he was frozen out four decades ago. He's been making money consistently from this franchise. And I don't know where he's coming from, from all of this. But it just seems, I, I guess the word gauche comes to mind. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't understand what the point is here. Um, like we've said, or you guys were saying yesterday astutely, if you want the rights, make an offer. Go buy them. Go buy the rights. I I mean, unless they make more Rocky films, what good are these rights? I know it's a legacy title and you can make money, but Rocky's approaching 50 years old. It's going to be 50 years old in, what, four years. So, I mean, and he got paid. I just don't understand this. I'm perplexed by it more than anything else. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, like back when the original Rocky was made, like didn't Winkler and one or two of the other producers like second mortgage their own homes and stuff like that to get the fight. Like, they're the ones who risked everything right. to to make these Rocky movies. And allow, I mean, remember, Stallone, they, everyone wanted to buy the script from him. And he stuck to his guns. He's like, no, I want to, I'm going I'm to star in this movie. And directed it, did he not? Uh, no, no. no uh, he, wrote, Al- he wrote John it and starred in it. That's right. Wrote, wrote, uh, it, wrote it, wrote it, wrote it. Yeah, he wrote it. But then he, he wrote and directed 
a few of the Rocky movies, and he's been involved and in, in getting huge paydays and residuals. I, I, I don't quite get it. Chris, what do you think of this? I think this is all so ridiculous. And I feel really bad for Dolph Lundgren, honestly, yeah. to continue having to make statements because that just leads me to believe that people are diving into his DMs or tweeting him all kinds of just nasty stuff about something that's not even happening. And it's so frustrating when you have to defend your position on something that isn't even occurring. That's wild to me. And like we keep keep saying on this. Sly, if you want the rights, get the rights. Do something with it. You already are saying things about picking the bones off of this, like it's all yeah. played out. You who but made if, six Rocky movies, yeah. Are but if about you're involved, the then it's a different it. thing. Your children need this. Somebody else's children. Don't. The whole thing just feels so very sophomoric. It feels so ridiculous and overblown, and it's just kind of frustrating to watch these grown men act like high schoolers. And, and you know what else? It reminds me. I, I hark back to Ryan Coogler. Who Ryan Coogler, you know, I had heard a story about how he and his father, when his mother had cancer, they were watching all the Rocky movies together. That's what got them through that illness. And he, he created Creed. Like like Ryan Coogler outside of, of he didn't know Sly. And he created the story and he's like, he had to go to, can you imagine going to Sylvester Sloan going, um, yes, sir, I'd like to make a, a movie in the Rocky universe and I'd like you to be in it, you know? And got him an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Like Ryan Coogler seemed to be able to work all this out and get a new, a new franchise made. I mean, I would take a page of his book. And why isn't Sly writing the Drago movie? And speaking, of, you're mentioning Dol poor Dolph, right? Mm -hmm. But seriously, think about this. Poor Dolph Lundgren. Because... Well, he's he's not become obscure, but yeah. he's not like he's an, an Aquaman right? movie. Imagine this: you're like, that's right. He was Mary's yeah. dad in Aquaman, mm -hmm. but you're sitting around and the phone rings, and you get told, "We want to make a movie around you. We want you to go back to Drago, and we want to actually make it about you, the relationship of you and your son, which was one of the more fascinating things about Absolutely. about Creed too. That yep. was fascinating. And so, boom, Cloud Nine. You're all excited. You're all happy. And then you're looking on Twitter and you're getting the spit hate at you. How dare you double cross? Like, he's like, what? What's he, like? He's gone from like the jubilant highs to going, wait a minute. What's going on here? Yeah. And all this kind of stuff. I just, I feel bad for the dude. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? And the fact that Dolph Lundgren came out and made these statements saying, hey, hey, hold your horses. There's no script. There's no director. I didn't do anything. I thought Sly was involved. How do you feel about this? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. Before we move on now to our main topics, we want to take a second and thank one of the longtime sponsors of the John Campy Show, the wonderful folks over at Stamps.com. We want to thank the sponsor of this video, Stamps.com. Now, guys, you don't need me to tell you that running a business, no matter how big or small, is an incredible stress. It feels like you need five of you for all the different directions you're being pulled in. And with all that, who's got time to go to the post office? Having to drop everything that you're doing to make a run to the post office is a major pain and drain on your day, especially when you've got more important things to do, like running your business. So stop mailing and shipping the hard way. Stamps.com is your 24-7 post office that you can access from everywhere. Skip the headache with Stamps.com. 
Stamps.com. Stamps.com gives you access to all of the post office and UPS shipping services that you need right from your computer. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off USPS rates and 86% off UPS. Stamps.com just makes your life easier, guys. You're up and running in minutes, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. So guys, don't mail and ship the hard way. Sign up with Stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code CAMPIA for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code CAMPIA. And a big thank you to our friends at Stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of The John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into our main topics here today. And here's how we select our main topics. We need you. You guys come up with our main topics. See, whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It is absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first one comes from Ed Matthews. Hey, John and crew. Big fan since the early AMC days. So we all saw the glorious new trailer for Andor yesterday, and I caught two details that caught me by surprise. First was the fact that the premiere will be September 21st instead of August 31st, and the second being it'll have a three-episode premiere, the biggest Disney Plus series premiere without dropping the entire show. It makes sense to push the show back to give She-Hulk some breathing room after the whole Ms. Marvel-Obi-Wan overlap. But what do you think about this uncharacteristic three-episode premiere? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Ed. And yeah, though, we talked about the new Andor trailer yesterday, which is glorious. Like, Anne and I went for, we go on these big, long walks in the evening. We got home. and She goes, oh, I haven't seen that new Andor trailer. I'm like, oh, let's pop it on. She loved it. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. But there were two details in that story that we didn't really talk about, and I'm glad you brought those up. Number one was the move of the release date into later September. Great move. Uh, because the, the overlap, while it is weird that only one premium Disney show can be running at a time, the overlap of Obi-Wan with Ms. Marvel did not help anybody. I mean, that, that just didn't work, and it didn't help anybody. And if they can give She-Hulk a little bit more breathing room, then I think that's the way to go. That's probably a good idea. The more interesting thing was they're going to drop three episodes at once, which I don't believe is something they've done yet. So it's a really, really good question. Why three? Now, if it was season two, I would understand. Because in season two, every three episodes is going to represent a year, but not season one. All of season one is one year. So why break it into three episodes? Why drop three episodes at once? That is a great question, and they answered it. This comes to <laughs> us from the folks over at Gizmodo who write the following. The first season of Andor will cover approximately a year in Cassian Andor's life as an operative for the Rebellion, itself about five years before the events of Rogue One across 12 episodes, which I love that it's going to be a 12-episode mm -hmm. season. Its second, however, will use the same amount of episodes to cover four years, time jumping ahead every three episodes. The scale of the show is so huge, Gilroy told Empire Magazine in a new interview conducted at Star Wars Celebration last month. Directors work in blocks of three episodes. So we did four blocks in season one, 
of three episodes each, we looked and said, wow, it'd be really interesting if we come back and we use each block to represent a year going to year two. But within that is actually the answer about why they're yep. launching this with three mm -hmm. episodes. They're going to launch this thing with three episodes because, and if we can get the camera back up, Jonathan, because there we go, because you don't want like with your first episode, you know, the old saying, you never get a second chance to make a first impression, right? You don't want the first episode to feel like a completely incomplete idea, right? So you want to give a good sense of what this show is in the first, their first viewing experience. And if they really did kind of break this into four blocks of three episodes each, each containing kind of its own little storyline and that narrative. That was directed by a single it, director. It, each director, four directors directing each of the three sets of episodes, then this is a great idea to say, you know what? Let's give the audience a real picture of this show. Let's drop all three of those episodes at once to give kind of the first of four chapters of this season in there. So first of all, I like the idea of a show dropping with more than one episode, but the idea of then dropping three, because I think it would have been ridiculous to drop it with two or some or four. The idea of coming out with three, that's why they did. I think it's a great idea. Chris, you see what they're doing with this. Is this the right approach or should they have stretched this out a little bit and just gone individual releases of each individual episode? You know, it sounds very interesting to have this very like tied narrative of those three episodes, right? There's going to be a cohesion to that because yeah. it's all had the same director. We're going to have a nice through line through that. By the way, each three episodes also mm -hmm. changes Skarsgård's hairstyle. Perfect. Just wanted, yeah, that's, that's what that's I want to make sure is in there. there. That's very important for me. Those wigs, baby. But what I'm concerned about, is that going to lead to a cohesive season or is it going to feel disjointed? You know, I... I've been burned before on Star Wars shows, right? What? And which a lot one? of times, <laughs> which one? <laughs> um, a lot of times it feels like a crap sandwich. The pieces of bread are great. And what's filled in the middle is not done well. We start off strong. We started off great with Obi-Wan. And then yeah. we had a bunch of clunk in there. And then we settled pretty fine in the end, right? But I'm really, really hoping that with these 12 episodes, with this idea of really focusing on a character-driven narrative and having all these directors have their own vision for each little bundle here, we get something that really works. But I'm not going to hold my breath, honestly. I'm just I'm hoping it's okay. It looks great, but this gives me a little pause. Rob, you hear this. Like, What do you think about the launch of three episodes at once? <laughs> considering how they're structuring the season. Well, the writing staff of this show has an incredible pedigree, especially dealing with, like, spy shows, whether it's the Americans. I mean, Tony Gilroy, amazing. People worked on the Bourne films. This has a really great, in terms of its writing staff, people that know this kind of material. So I would imagine, knowing that they're, they've bought into this structure, I'll bet they've written four mini arcs for that first season. So I would imagine with that structure, episode one, two, and three is act one, act two, and act three of whatever that arc is. Right. So it probably feels very fulfilling. And by the time you get to the end, I would imagine it ends with some kind of great peril, but you feel fulfilled from a storytelling standpoint. So when you watch these three episodes, you're going to think to yourself, wow, that was, that was really good. And I can't wait to see what's next. And I think that they, this unique structure might be the best thing that's happened to a Star Wars show since we've had Star Wars shows on TV. Because I would imagine with Tony Gilroy at the helm that this is going to be something special from a narrative standpoint.
something that we haven't haven't got before. And I am very curious to see this season two idea that every three episodes represents that a year. That does sound cool. Yeah, that's I really like that. So lay that's the season two though. Season that's two, season two. Yeah. I'm saying season two, but, get season but lay the foundation with season one with that first year, and then kind of go. It's going to be an interesting structure, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this launching Andor with three episodes, understanding that they're kind of broken it into four three-episode blocks? Do you like the idea? Do you think they should have just maybe launched with one? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? This comes from Jerry M. Hi, John. Big fan of the show. With the announcement of the cancellation of the Flash TV show, I couldn't help but think of when Marvel canceled Daredevil abruptly so contractually he could get the rights back into the MCU. With the Ezra Miller situation, could the star of the show actually be replacing Miller as the DCEU Flash? Would love to hear your thoughts. All right. Thanks a lot for, uh, for sending that in, Jerry. I, I have to disagree with you, though, on the comparison to the Daredevil situation. Netflix wasn't in interested in getting the rights back to Marvel as fast as they could. I mean, they, they were going to cancel that because they weren't getting any new subscribers because of Daredevil. Everybody who was going to subscribe to Netflix because of Daredevil had already done it. So, And that's just been their modus operandi for pretty much all their shows yeah. other than Stranger Things. They've treated that one a little bit special, thank goodness. So that was, really wasn't the thing there. But to the main point, they have finally said it's time to end Flash. Something they probably should have done a couple of seasons ago. But they finally decided, and a little bit abruptly in the sense that says, well, okay, we're not going to suddenly pull the plug on you now that season eight is in the rearview mirror, but you don't get a full season next year. You got 13 episodes. Going to cut a little bit short from, from what it, because remember, this is not a Disney Plus show or not an HBO Max show. This had full real seasons. Yeah. So they said they're going to cut a little bit short and that this comes from the folks over at CBR who said the following. The Flash's long run on the CW is finally coming to an end, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The CW has announced that The Flash Season 9 will be the show's last. The season will be somewhat abbreviated and only run for 13 episodes when it returns in 2023. Speaking about the cancellation, showrunner Eric Wallace said, nine seasons, nine years of saving Central City while taking audiences on an emotional journey full of heart, humor, and spectacle. And now Barry Allen has reached the starting gate for his last race. Damn it, if that isn't poetic, mm -hmm. that's actually better writing than The Flash show. Ooh, it is, so it that is very though. well written. Plus you got to meet well Ezra written. Miller. What's that? Plus oh. you got to meet Ezra Miller. <laughs> I wonder. That's true. So, there was that lovely Flashpoint moment. So look, here's the thing. You asked the question, do you think maybe they're canceling it so they can get, oh, what's the kid's name again? Grant <laughs> Gustin? Yes, Grant Gustin, thank you. Um, so they can get Grant Gustin to go over it. Well, number one, they wouldn't need to cancel the show in order to do that. No. Right. Number two, if they wanted to do that, it's something they would have done a long time ago. Um, so no, I don't think that's it at all. I think it's exactly why I said earlier, it's a show that should have ended a couple of seasons ago. Look, I've said this before. I will say it again. I, when I look back three, four years from now, and I look back on the flash. I will look back on this show very fondly. I think this was a good show. This was a winner of a show. A show I had my doubts about. Serious doubts. I, Quite frankly, I'll call myself on it. I said it was a dumb idea. I did not think it was a good idea to do this show. And they did it, and it was enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And for many years, I enjoyed every week turning in to you know, watch what they were doing down there in Central City. I had a great time with it. But it is a show that, pardon the pun, ran its course. It, it, it had run out. It's, this show's run out of gas a long time ago. 
and it's time to just move on. While I totally believe that Grant Gustin is going to make an appearance in this theoretical Ezra Miller Flash movie. Mm-hmm. You like that, Chris? I, I said did. theoretical. That was nice. Thank right. you. I appreciate you. Well, I do believe Grant Gustin will make an appearance in it, just like they had Ezra Miller make a quick appearance in that. No, they're not going to now make it the Flash CW show, the movie. They're right. they're not going to do that. Um, Warner Brothers has shown a history they're not interested in doing that. That's why when they were making Superman Returns, they did not make Smallville the movie and go and get Tom Welling to play it, right? So, no, Grant Gustin is not going to be the new Flash in the CW universe, nor should he. I think it was great as Flash for the type of Flash we had in that CW show. I do not think that Barry Allen, that Flash, is a theatrical Flash. And I say that as somebody who's a fan. I'm a fan of the show. And I can't wait to see what Grant Gustin does moving forward. But yeah, no, the reason I believe this show is done is because it should have already been done. Rob, you hear about this there. This, hey, listen, when it's all said and done, this show did what very few shows do. Got nine seasons. Some of the best shows never got that many. When you look back on Flash, number one, what do you think about its cancellation now? And what do you think the overall legacy of the show is going to be? Well, I think, I think, like you said, it's probably time. I mean, there's only... TV shows can only, they're only worth so much. And when they, when they go so many seasons, it becomes ineffective from a cost standpoint to keep them going. Right. And so I think that, like you said, nine seasons is amazing. And uh, I know Eric Wallace and he's a great showrunner, and I've known him for 30 years. And uh, he did, I thought, some great stuff. And I'd love to see what Eric Wallace is going to go do as a showrunner next. But this show, it was a lot of fun. It really was the anchor for an entire television universe. You know, I mean, it came on the heels of it was the Arrowverse universe, but Flash was kind of the heart and soul, you know, of that universe. And it spun off. You had the crossovers and you had all the different uh, uh, spinoffs from the show. And and I, I think as a television legacy show, this is a really this is a really great show that everybody should be proud of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that uh, it, it's time that it was gone. But I also don't think that. <laughs> Grant Gustin would ever be the Flash in a movie. Like you said, he'll appear just like Ezra Miller appeared in the Flash TV series. Exactly. Uh, one of the crossover events, actually the Crisis on Earth X. Was it Earth X? Infinite Earths, one of them. Whatever the last. No, Crisis on Earth X was yeah. really good. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that was actually yeah, really so it was good. Cri- it was Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. But, That's the one where they should But again, I just think that, that I, I mean, it isn't surprising that a nine season show is coming to an end. Right. And. You know, just remind everybody too. Like we we around here also have a very special place in our hearts for this show because one of the, of course, pantheon of villains of the Flash in the CW show was a character by the name of Block, played by our own Aaron Cummings. Heck yeah, that's so right. There, there's Aaron, and in, in uh, when she was in the Flash, I think it was like a year and a half ago or something. Like that might have been two seasons ago. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly. So she was the villain of the week. The Block. They liked her so much that the script initially called for block like many villains in the show to die at the end but the last second change in mind they decided no no she survives it's going to end with her being rushed to the hospital because they thought maybe they would bring her back yeah. they never did bring her back but they liked her so much they thought but about she's still out there nine. block is still out there maybe in 13 episodes nine. to <laughs> fill with aaron cummings who knows i mean mm-hmm. it could be really fun chip off the old block could be a new sitcom starring Boom. aaron chip cummings off the old block <laughs> i i like it well let me ask you guys this, i'm an idea though. man honestly we've seen crazier things happen right if you had to lay out a percentage chance that you know zaslav you know of course alan horn is now over there at wb kind of advising saying you know we do have a flash that 
not a lot of people watch, but that the people who do watch really like. And last I checked, he hasn't been arrested in Hawaii anytime recently. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> yet. It's coming. We're watching you, Gustin. <laughs> What would you say are the percentage chances that maybe somebody could pull the trigger on that and say, okay, Grant Gustin is the new Flash in our movie universe? I'll start it off. I'll say 4%. I'm not going to say zero. I'm going to go super, super low. I'll say 4%. What about you? I'd go under 10. He's been playing Barry Allen, and he's been playing him very well since 2013. I mean, I'm sure that he's a song and dance man. He's a triple threat actor. This has been a great run for him, but I'm sure he wants to do something else at this point. Rob? Yeah, I just don't think he's... Look... I don't think he's a big screen flash. He might be a big screen something else, but I I think whenever you whenever if 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 they were to replace Ezra, Ezra Miller with him, I think it would feel a little. And this is no, I do not mean to besmirch the actor in any way, but you go from the CW to the big screen, ah, I think it would feel a little asylum, maybe a little bargain basement. By the way, I want to remind everybody about something. Someone might have lost sight of here. I believe, I may be a week or two off, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was the week after episode one of season one of the CW show, The Flash. (laughs) We're going into season nine. But about a week after season one, episode one of The Flash came out on television, they made the announcement that Ezra Miller was going to star in a Flash feature film. We're going into season nine. That film has still not come to screens. Chris Carr would have you believe that film still does not exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> just, I just, just a reminder to everybody. Season one, episode one, announcing Ezra Miller's The Flash movie, going into season nine, still no Flash. Almost the funny thing a is, decade ago. Almost a decade ago. Uh, I think the entire new regime at Warner Brothers wished that it didn't exist. They sure are acting like it. They sure are acting like it. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? Have you been a Flash or Flash? Have you been a fan of The Flash like I have had been up till just a couple of years ago? Have you enjoyed the show? What do you think about the cancellation now? Maybe you feel like they're pulling the plug a little bit too soon. Maybe you're like me and you think they're pulling it a little bit too late. Whatever your thoughts are, what do you think the legacy of the show is going to be? I'm always going to look back on it fondly. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, before we move on to the next main topic here, we want to take a second and thank another sponsor of today's shows. This is a company I've gone to and used for editorial videos, my own personal feature film projects, the wonderful folks over at Storyblocks. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Storyblocks. Guys, I have been an enthusiastic fan and user of Storyblocks for years. I go to them whenever I'm in need of content creation assets like royalty-free music, video clips, or templates for my creative projects, ranging anywhere from little editorial videos to my very own full-feature documentary. Storyblocks helps you bring your stories, videos, and projects to life without sacrifices due to time, budget, or access to resources. They have over 1 million different story assets, ranging from stock videos, audio and music, an in-browser video editor, and they feature pre-designed templates, animations, and outros. Storyblocks uses an affordable subscription model and their unlimited access plans offers, well, unlimited video and audio downloads rather than a costly pay-per-clip model. With Storyblocks, you'll be able to create more content and more importantly, better content, all while using a subscription plan that fits your budget, utilizing unlimited downloads of demand-driven and diverse content. So if you're interested in upping your content creation game, head over to 
www.storyblocks.com slash campia and get started today. That's www.storyblocks.com slash campia. And a big thank you to our friends at Storyblocks for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Guys, if you're into any content creation at all, you absolutely owe it to yourself to go and check them out. Don't forget, guys, links to our sponsors and the promo codes are all down on the top of the description of this video. And when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So thank you for that. All right, guys, with that down, let's get into main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This one comes from Jerry Mitzer. Hello, Campia crew. So my very first movie I went to the theaters to see as we started coming out of the pandemic was Bob Odenkirk's Nobody. That was one of my first ones, too. I freaking love that movie. Love it. The way it ended obviously left the door open for a sequel, but I always figured it didn't do enough at the box office to justify it. Just read that the director is saying it is absolutely happening and that they're in active development with it already. Are you surprised to hear this? And are you excited for it? Thanks. All right. Thanks for sending that in. And yeah, I think... I mean, in the middle of the pandemic, they decided to put X-Men New Mutants. They decided to put New Mutants in theaters. No theaters in Los Angeles were open. I literally, it had been six months so I'd been, since I'd been to a movie. So me and my buddy Soul, we literally got in the car, drove three hours to Las Vegas. We were, an AMC theater was open, watched New Mutants, got back in the car, drove three and a half hours back. I think the next movie I saw in a theater was Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. And then I think, I think the one after that was nobody starring Bob Odenkirk. The trailer certainly looked like they had promise kind of felt a little bit like a John wick ripoff. Not surprising considering a lot of people involved in creating this movie were also involved with John wick and seeing the movie. It absolutely is kind of a John wick ripoff. And that was perfectly okay because the movie was bonkers fun. Yep. So fun. And seeing Christopher Lloyd pop up in it, I don't know. I'm like, oh my God. But Bob Odenkirk sold me on it. I had a great time with it. Uh, Wonder Woman's mother is in it. Uh, Connie Nielsen is in it. Was, was that, that was Connie Nielsen who was in there, right? Yes. 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 Connie Nielsen was played, uh, played of course, uh, Bob Odenkirk's wife in that. I, it was just so good. And it was very simple and a lot of similarities to John Wick too. Like not just, the action style, but even the, the kind of the underground world, they said very, very, very John Wickian, but still it was perfectly fine. And you're right. The movie ends in such a way that you're just like, they totally tease a sequel. It didn't exactly blow up the box office, but here's the thing. I think they all understood this movie was out in theaters at a time when a lot of people were not going to the movie theaters. And I think they understood that. And I think when you combine that with the fact that, hey, a lot of people really enjoyed this film a lot, I think that thing gave this thing life. And now this comes to us from David Leach, who is the director of the first one and will be directing the second one. And he was talking about like them doing another one. He said this, oh, I think everyone is really excited about it. Everyone involved is like full steam ahead. We are in the script process. And I think we had so much fun making that. Kelly and I had a blast. The actors had a blast. The studio loved the results. And it's happening, talking about a sequel. I mean, I think it's happening as fast as we can make it happen. When asked if he thinks it will actually happen, yes, I do. 
I do, because there are these certain journeys that you go on, and they're just undeniable experiences for the people involved. And that was one of them. And I think all of us want to go back and play in that universe, and we want to see Bob bring the character to life again. Again, that comes us from the director, David Leach. And I love hearing this. Now, of course, we have heard directors say before, I'm absolutely doing this movie. It's absolutely happening, and sometimes it does not. But for a movie like this, where it the reception to it was so good, it was one of the films that started the process of getting people to start to come back to the movie theaters again. Bob Odenkirk's name right now is as big as it has ever been. And obviously, they have an extreme passion for it. Everybody's on board for it. The writer and the director is saying, this thing is absolutely happening. And I, for one, love it. Rob, it's not always a great idea to make a sequel to a film. You hear they're moving forward with a nobody too is this the type of movie you should make a sequel to well, i think yeah because it first of all one it didn't cost a lot of money and and two it's probably done quite good uh in ancillary markets whether it was vod it probably got a lot of views wherever it's wound up and i don't know exactly where its disposition is on uh, broadcast or cable but i bet and and with bob odenkirk coming off of the final season of better call saul I think that this is exactly the kind of movie that deserves a sequel because it's one of those movies that as it's moved through the process of being theatrically released and going online, all these people have seen it. And it's kind of like what happened to movies like Terminator back in the day. Right. Terminator comes out on home video, you know, it, it did well in the theaters, but then everybody watched it, you know, everybody caught up with it. And so the audience for this movie for a sequel has grown exponentially. So it makes sense to me that, a movie that doesn't cost a lot of money that literally is about you could put Bob Odenkirk in a room with a bunch of dudes like a single room and fighting. There's 10 minutes of screen time and people would watch that because he was that badass and that much fun. So not a lot of money, a lot of bang for your buck. And I think a sequel to this movie, you put it in a theater now. People are going to show up probably a lot more of them too. Chris, you really enjoyed the first one. Should they be doing another one of these? I mean, Everyone had a blast. I yeah. still think of him from Mr. Show, and it's so yep. <laughs> wild to watch him in this. But I think that's the whole point, right? It just, the movie just kind of did this inverse with your expectations, and you're like, well, okay, yeah, he can kick a lot of ass. Look at Christopher Lloyd in here. I love you so much. Um, <laughs> If everyone enjoyed this so much, if it was that cheap to make and everything, too, why not? And I do think it is getting that further uh, viewing now that it's gone to streaming. I think it's gaining notoriety, too. I didn't watch this in theaters. I watched it once I could stream it. Yeah. And it's so fun and bananas. And I never knew Bob Odenkirk could kick ass. Plus, I mean, everyone loves him. Y'all remember his health scare last year. Everyone yeah. on the internet just panicked, and we did not want to lose this sweet, precious man. I think people are dying to watch more stuff with him. By the way, do you know what else? Nobody talks about this. He was in, I think Spielberg directed it, with Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, uh, it wasn't called, it wasn't called the paper. What was it called? And it was nominated for best picture a uh, couple of years. Uh, no, spotlight. it wasn't spotlight. Um, I'm, why am I freezing on that? It was nominated for best picture. And the movie was great. Bob Ordenkirk was in that. And Bob Ordenkirk was post. What's that? The post. post. Thank oh, okay. you. So he's in there with arguably the greatest actor of our generation. He's in there with not even arguably the greatest actress of all time. And to me, he shined. Like, absolutely shining that. He was fantastic. And can you bring up that last picture you just had of Christopher Lloyd and Bob Odenkirk? And here's, listen, you walk into a studio, into a boardroom, say, okay, I got a pitch for you. Bob Odenkirk, Kirk, Christopher Lloyd, and Rizzo walk into a room. 
And like that, look at that picture. That is the craziest, like weirdest, most <laughs> awkward collection of three possible individuals you could have. And Doc yet, Brown, Wu Tang yeah. Clan, and Better Paul Saul, yeah. It just, but it, it, but I it accept Rizza anywhere though. When he shows up on a project, I'm like, that makes sense it to me. It just worked. It worked so well. Anyway, Good. I think this is great news. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Would you be excited for a nobody to like we are? Maybe you think the first one gets way too much hype. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to our fourth and final main topic today. Chris, what is our fourth and final main topic today? This one comes from Marshall Vaughn. Hey, John, Rob and Chris, I feel like there's a question no one wants to ask, but I'll ask it. Are Superman and Fantastic Four even relevant anymore? Everyone gets excited about Superman or Fantastic Four potential news and rumors, but the reality is most people I know didn't like Man of Steel. Sorry, John. And the last three <laughs> times they tried to make Fantastic Four movies, they fell flat on their faces. Seems like Superman and Fantastic Four are our grandparents' superheroes. Ouch. It pains yo. me to say that since I love Man of Steel and Superman and Lois, but I feel like I'm in the minority. What do you guys think? All right, Marshall. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And listen, you know what? Sometimes the hard discussions, the ones you need to have. And listen, you're not the first one to bring up the idea that Superman isn't relevant anymore. You're not the first one to bring that up. That's actually a conversation. I mean, that's a conversation that was up when, when uh, what was it called? Clark and Lois? What, what was it called? Mm -hmm. Was it called Clark and Lois? Lewis and Clark. Lewis, Lewis and Clark. When Superman was doing cartography. Yeah, when Lois and Clark... <laughs> Was on TV. Mm. I remember, like back in the day. I mean, a lot younger, but Dean like conversation, a lot of conversations. Is Superman even relevant anymore? I remember when Smallville was just coming out. The conversation: Does anybody care about Superman anymore? And now, fast forward decades later, you know, you get Man of Steel, which I believe Henry Cavill and Zack Snyder's Man of Steel is one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. But whenever I say that. I am met with a cacophony of Superman sucks or Man of Steel sucks. I mean, a lot of people, and that's fair, a lot of people did not like that movie. And it did not do, in, and it came out in an era when superhero movies were starting to make a billion dollars. And Superman is the granddaddy of all superheroes. Did not come anywhere near that, even though I thought it was a masterpiece of a film. Fantastic Four is a movie series. Now, granted, you can say they didn't exactly make great movies, but still... They put out three different Fantastic Four movies, four if you want to count Corman's, which we shouldn't, and we won't. So we'll say three. So, and like they all kind of fell flat on their face. The comic series, I remember back when the movies were about to come out, the comic series got canceled. The Fantastic Four comic series got canceled. I mean, they are the first family of Marvel, but that does that actually mean anything? So I get it. I I I completely understand why some would ask the question. That being said, when you ask, isn't Superman and Fantastic Four our grandparents' superheroes? It's, it's fair to say because the answer to that is yes, they were our grandparents' superheroes. But so was Luke Skywalker. So was the galaxy far, far away. And yet it is as still making billion-dollar movies and generating all this excitement when new shows are coming out and all this kind of stuff. It's Star Wars is still Star Wars. James Bond was our grandparents, our great-grandparents, yep. spy. 
Yet, James Bond can still come out and make a billion dollars, $700 million to $800 million. It can still be all of that. Mickey Mouse was our great-grandparents' you know, thing. People today still love Mickey. It's still as great and as relevant as ever. Hockey was my grandparents' sport. Guess what? It's still the greatest sport in the world. You know? It, here's the thing, though. When you ask the question, is, are they even relevant anymore? I honestly think the answer gets brought up very easily by something you said in your email itself. The moment a Fantastic Four topic comes up, our, the interest in our channel, you see our channel, the analytics, it spikes. When something about the possibility of Henry Cavill, fingers crossed, of Henry Cavill <laughs> coming back, whatever, you see the analytics don't lie, not only on our channel, but on others. Interest spikes. People want to know whether because they really want him back or they really hope he doesn't come back, but people want to know if Henry Cavill's coming back. People want to know, is John Krasinski going to be Reed Richards? Like all these types of things. So I would say the answer to that is this. I think we have clearly seen, I think the data clearly seen shows that Superman and the Fantastic Four are both absolutely relevant. People are excited about it. People's interests are piqued about it. I think what you're left with, though, is the fact that Superman Returns was not beloved. I, I thought it was a wonderful movie. That was a poor comic book movie. That was my kind of take on it. But a lot of people did not like Superman Returns. And then Man of Steel comes out. While I think it's a masterpiece, a lot of people didn't like it. Fantastic Four had a number of bad projects in a row. So yeah, there's clearly a stigma, a, a little bit attached to that. No doubt, I'm not denying it. But the interest is undeniably still there. So are they still relevant? Well, when I put up, when we get more stories, when John Krasinski makes comments that makes it sound like he might be Reed Richards, do those videos blow up? Yes, they do. So yeah, the interest is there. So I think it's a fair question to ask, but I think the answer is yes. Superman and Fantastic Four, as far as movie-going audiences are go, go, I think they're absolutely still relevant. Chris, you know, they, he brings up a legitimate question. Yeah. And there are reasons to ask the question. So I don't blame the question at all. But what do you think for modern audiences today? Are Superman and Fantastic Four still something that can be relevant? I mean, I would counter with, is anything really relevant until it's part of the zeitgeist? Mm. You know, Iron Man wasn't particularly relevant. And a lot of people thought, why is this the superhero <laughs> movie that's happening? This kind of B-lister in the Marvel universe? Eh, okay. And look where that got us, right? Obviously, people are interested in this because we keep talking about it, right? <laughs> and right now, we just have an execution problem. And isn't that more exciting in a way when you get a new property? Maybe this is the time they get it right. Maybe this time we'll get lucky. Maybe this time they'll stay. Musical theater. Sounds like me on Tinder. Sorry. <laughs> Please keep going. Oh, poor Anne. No. <laughs> but so I think that we're just waiting for the right versions of these characters. And hope springs eternal. We want that S means hope. We want a Superman film that we all can rally behind. And I think it's a character, too, that a lot of people still can identify with. I think right now we just have a generation of new Marvel and DC fans and all these kinds of fans, right, who just haven't had these heroes introduced to them. We haven't had Superman in a movie for a minute. We haven't had the Fantastic Four since they were doing terrible dances, right, with Jessica Alba. We well, have. We have. Well, well, yeah, we haven't had that in a moment. Yeah. But we have totally a ton of opportunity here to make them relevant again. And I love these characters, so I'm excited about it. Rob, I, I mean, as you're probably like me, that when I first read that email, I kind of recoiled a little bit. Like, eh. <laughs> oh, I did too. But, but you know, he, he, 
he it's not being unreasonable to ask those questions given the recent history and stuff like that so when we put the question to you can superman and characters like the fantastic four still be relevant to movie going audiences today look i think i think every concept every character is one good story away from relevancy it doesn't matter how old a character is i mean how many biblical stories are we still telling thousands of years later i mean all we need is one great treatment of marvel's first family and i you know i think that unfortunately you know the first fantastic four movies predated the mcu um and then josh trank's movie came out while the mcu was not embryonic but yeah, it had new. started. It had started. It had started. Still, it forming its identity. But, you know, if you'd asked me, John, 20 years ago, if we would have Avengers movies and that we were going to make, I would have said, uh, what? <laughs> uh, like, and and somebody would have said, yeah, you know what? They're going to make an Iron Man movie and a Thor movie and a Captain America movie first. I would have said, you are high. You are smoking the dank nugs. There is no way because if you look at the Captain America movie that we had before, are you kidding me? No, no, no. Look at Thor on the uh, Incredible Hulk TV show. Like, really? The last time I saw Thor portrayed well was in Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, so I mean, that was that was. uh, Come on, man. Hemsworth ain't got nothing on Tanafrio. And yet, look where we are now. I mean, it's it's anything can be made great when someone talks about. You know, you talk about grandparents, superheroes. When do you think Captain America was introduced to the public? He fought Nazis in the 40s, like for really in the 40s. It was in the pages of a comic book, but it was in the 40s. All of these superheroes are your grandparents, superheroes. I mean, Miss Marvel is the only one of like the modern age. Yeah. Even Moon Knights mm-hmm. from 1975. Yeah. So one, we, are one, we are one story. You are always one great story away from relevancy. And I think that's Ooh. true more than ever. And now we have the tools and we have the technology. What we need is the writing. We need the vision. You need the writing, the directing, and you need the right characters. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? I'm glad you brought up the Captain America thing because there was a lot of questions when that was going. It's like, is Captain America even relevant anymore? I mean, and that really? was a period piece. And that was, was a place period in the 40s piece. too. So what do you think? Can Superman and Fantastic Four still be relevant today? I say absolutely 100%. What do you guys think about that? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, we're now going to move into taking live questions from you guys. So we are now opening up the Super Chats. They are now opening. If you've got a comment, theory, question, observation, whatever, that you want to fire in and have us address for the next half of the show, go ahead and start firing that in now. But before we do, we want to hear from one more sponsor of our show today, the folks over at Peacock and their great new show, The Resort. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Peacock's new series, The Resort. In Peacock's must-see new series, there's more than just trouble in paradise. There's a flip phone, a disappearance, and a suspiciously timed hurricane. The Resort, a new Peacock original from the creators of Palm Springs and Mr. Robot, is an unexpected exploration of how love, marriage, and family can be a real trip. When a couple finds an old flip phone in the jungle on an anniversary getaway, they are unknowingly pulled into an unsolved mystery. A bizarre case that went cold 15 years prior when a once-in-a-century storm wiped away all the evidence. This journey through the Mayan Riviera will take you from the edge of your seat to the depths of human experience and back again. Starring William Jackson Harper, Kristen Milioti, Luis Gerardo Mendez, and Nick Offerman, The Resort is streaming now only on Peacock. 
And thank you to our friends at Peacock and their show, The Resort, for sponsoring this episode of The John Campion Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's now hear what you guys have to say. We're going to start off with our channel members. Hey, guys, thank you for being channel members. Ray, what are some of our members saying? All right, I got a couple left over from yesterday, so I just wanted to go over them real quick. Um, Rampage Predacon writes, Hi, John, I was at UFC 277 in Dallas wow. last Saturday. Did you get to see the fight? If so, what were your thoughts on the main event and co-main event? Um, I did not watch live, so I will say this. Pena proved that her winning last time was no fluke. Like, that was not a fluke. And, damn, she got close to winning. She, I thought she had that armbar sunk in. I thought she was going to defend the title. But, anyway, overall, it looked like a pretty good card. All right, what's next? Zelda Master 702 writes, John, Nunez versus Pena. What a card. Happy birthday to fellow Leo Ray Aura. Ray Aura. 12 more days till I reach Big Dirty 30. Hope it's a great one, man. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you so much for that. And yes, it was, we had a really good time. Uh, most of us here went out to dinner with Ray last night with family as well. Had a really good time. Chef Rigo came in, cooked up a hell of a meal. So good. Had a really good time. Thanks for that. All right. Okay. Next? Mr. 47 says, happy birthday, Ray. Hopefully there's at least one rookie chef at Shogun that has a disease-free <laughs> master ch ch chef rodent in their cap. LOL, we need a Ratatouille movie club. As you say, that Ray won't get that reference because Ray has never seen Ratatouille. Which yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. That's totally his kind it's of movie. It's the most Ray Pixar movie. Uh, so I, we've told so him that we, so. we're getting the new theater room set up. I think the first movie we're going to watch, we're going to, because our, our buddy Ryan hasn't watched, seen it either, he said. So we're going to set up that room. We're going to have Ryan and Ray come over. <gasps> we're going to sit down, watch, get, order some good food, yes. watch Ratatouille. Yeah. All okay. right, what's next? Mighty Tank One says, you guys ever played or seen videos of that maze jump scare flash game? My roommate had me played in college and he got me so good. I, I, I remember that one. I think I think there's a video where a, a car's driving down like a mazy rose and all of a sudden that exorcist looking girl pops up and goes, ah! Oh. It was like going around like, never mind. Okay, <laughs> what's next? Okay, living with Damron, I quit my job today for a better one. I hit send on the resignation email just as the show started and went home to listen in peace with my dogs. Thank you guys for always being great. Honestly, Aww. listen, there's, I haven't started a new job. It's been a beat since I started a new job, but there, there's something really cool about starting a new job. Like I, I always used to love that when I was younger, like every day, like it didn't even have to be a great job. I just love the idea of, of a new start in something. I get that same feeling too when I move. Like, what, like even just moving, like there's something about a new start, whether it's a job in a new house, uh, whatever. There's always something really cool about that. All right, what's next? Okay, Marl J. Hova gifted five John Campion memberships. Oh, thank you so oh. much for that, for doing that for our other viewers. They, that's really cool of you. Okay. Thank you. Callum writes, hey, guys, just finished The Boys Season 3. Wow, what a season. Homelander might be the scariest villain in TV history. Uh, can't wait for Season 4. I thought at first you said The Voice season three i'm like okay cool you didn't oh, caught I'm up sorry, on the, the boys, boys. <laughs> i suppose season. that's something people do like yeah the boys is crazy homelander is one of the greatest antagonists in television history like it, it's he's just that good and they've upped young master ryan to uh, a series, to a series regular. Yeah. so mordred as i'm calling him now if you're an arthurian legends fan he i mean the the tag team of Ryan and Homelander, they are one formidable, scary duo. Yeah, so we will... They're going to uh, wreck shop. We'll see what happens there. All right, what's next? Okay, I got one from Ryan Ramirez. He says, hey, guys, member for two months. 
now. Love the show. Y'all are my favorite, are my family in Geek Dome. And just want to say how much the King of Sweaty Schnepp would be proud. Oh, well, thank oh, you so much nice. for that. And thank you so much for being a member for a couple of months. And uh, we really appreciate that. And thanks for coming and spending some time with us every day. We appreciate that, man. All right, C what's next? Cincinnati five-star barber. Oh. Yeah. Great show today. Love you guys. Happy belated birthday to my homie Ray. You hey, didn't even bring in your shoes to show him your shoes, oh, man. I know. I'm you got to talk about those shoes, man. I'm, no, no, no. I'm don't talk about later. the shoes. We got to yeah. show them. Bring them in tomorrow so you can okay. show everybody your shoes. All right, Joe next? Adonis writes, hello, John and friends. Will you be watching Joe, Joe Coy's Easter Sunday this weekend? There will be lumpia, LOL. Um, Speaking of lumpia, what's your favorite kind, John? Shanghai regular fresh. Bring on the foodie. I Honestly, I only thought lumpia was lumpia. So, I mean, so I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I like lumpia. I make it at home. I, I like it very much. I'll answer for John. He is His his favorite is the Shanghai one. So which there you is go. A, That's my favorite. It's a short one. Okay, yes. Yeah. Those are the ones I like the most. Um, here's the thing. Ann and I were talking about this. I actually have an autographed Joe Coy pop at the back of the room. Wow. Um, I love it. Actually, can you grab that for me? Taylor, it should be right up there at the top there. There should be one that's got an autograph on the front. Yeah, yeah. Can you can bring that up here. <laughs> yeah, don't toss that at me because it's probably. So just to give you guys a sense of how much. Thank you, Taylor. Of how much I love Joe Coy. <laughs> Joe Coy is my favorite stand-up comedian. Um, he came on stage at CinemaCon, too, and did like. Oh, he a, killed. Oh, that was. He did like 15 crying. minutes at CinemaCon. It was so great. And it was the highlight of CinemaCon. Yeah. That really. wasn't even a, um, um, a practice material he's doing. It looked like he was just going off It was the top. mostly him just making fun of that girl's tablet. Oh, which is, oh my <laughs> it was God. It was so good. He, he is, if you haven't watched Joe Coy's comedy special in Hawaii on Netflix, it's t honestly, I think it's a top three or four greatest stand up comedy special I've ever seen. I mean, he's amazing. This movie looks like shit. <laughs> and, and I say that transition. as a massive Joe Coy fan. I love this dude. But they showed, while Joe Coy himself on stage at CinemaCon was really great, they showed us like five minutes of the movie, mm -hmm. and there was nothing good about it. So Ann and I were talking last night. It's like, do we go see Easter Sunday on Thursday? And <laughs> Anna's like, we kind of have to. I'm like, because, you know, they're Filipino, and I'm like, yeah, I guess we do. So listen, I'm going, but my expectations are real low. And I say that as a massive Joe Coy fan, but this movie doesn't look good. I, Ray, what did you think of it? I This is, I'm sorry, Mr. Joe Coy. Uh, I will have to wait for reviews, to be honest. It's one of those ones where I don't, I got to see if people actually like the movie. I'm not going to go watch it with you guys. <laughs> uh, I'll wait on it, but I'll see it if it's, there's reviews. I mean, Good reviews, so I don't know. Joseph. <laughs> okay. Last one from Jay says, who are the best new directors of this era? Uh, then, you know, I'm not going to... Anything that I'd have to sit down and kind of make a list of is not questions we answer right off the, the top of our head, so I... You'd have to think about I mean, it. Jordan, yeah. Peele Jordan Peele comes to mind. Jordan Peele, I mean, baby. I mean, again, we don't have time to sit down there and, and really... It's a great question for, Robert a larger, for a larger, mm. larger format, but not here, unfortunately. Press All right, it's next. That it? Is that yeah, it? That's it. All right, let's move on then to the Super Chats. What do we got? From Anubis Genocide, one of two. Hi, John and crew. Just recently rewatched Spaceballs the movie. Nice. Yes. Laughed just as hard as I did the first time I saw it. Mm. And yada, yada. It got Anubis, there, there we go. And got me thinking, what are the chances, how awesome would it be if they announced a Rick Moranis cameo in Ant-Man 3? So you mean because, well, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or something? Maybe. Maybe. Could be. First of all, 
Rick Moranis in Spaceballs as Dark Helmet <laughs> is like so good. What did you see? I didn't see you playing with your toys, sir, with your dolls. I mean, it is. He's so great. Um, Rick Moranis has started to come out of his shell the last couple of years, just little bit by little bit. I think it's a very low possibility that he does, but I think it'd be awfully damn special if he did. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is Disney. Yeah? That's true. They could actually bring his character back and put him in the MCU. They could want to do that. A lot of people have wanted Rick Moranis to do a lot of stuff the last 15, 20 years. And I mean, only Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I was going to say. Only the good Canadian, fellow good Canadian kid, along with good Canadian kid Rick Moranis, only Ryan Reynolds, a Canadian kid, could get Rick Moranis to come out and even do his Mint Mobile commercial. Maybe Deadpool 3. There you go. There I'll take that one. Rick Moranis can be. All right, what's next? French class. <laughs> from Andy. Uh, hang on. No, it's oh. not. It's drama here. From Drama 8, part one. Good day, lady and gents. A theory for the Killmonger purists. So, ooh, phrasing. Uh, so T'Challa buries him out at sea, and the Talikans Namor get a hold of his body. And, and they have in some sleep, they have in some sleep stasis of healing for Black Panther 2, and he wakes up to go back to Wakanda Bring on the rib tips and garlic bread with RC Cola. Nah. Nah, he was, nah, he was, he was, he, it's not, he wasn't, at the end of the movie, he was not dying. He was dead. Yes. And again, Killmonger, he is a hyper evil genocidal maniac. Right? That's why, Killmonger purists, what a phrase. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, he's talking about eliminating entire races. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no. They, I mean, Ryan Coogler is- did everything he could do to, Remind us, no, this is not a hero. He is like something bad happened to him. He was wronged, right? Yeah. But many of the great supervillains have their origin story that way. For sure. And even when they did what if, it was like, nah, Killmonger's just bad. So now I could see like like the Atlanteans or the how, Tricoians. I can't remember now. Talkin- I, I could see- Talokans, thank you. I can see the Talokans wanted to use him as a weapon against Wakanda and against the Warsaw. Maybe you could do that, but that seems like a real stretch. Again, he was dead. He was he was dead. All right, what's next? From Amin, you live in a world where you can only have one. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man or Ben Affleck's Batman. Which do you choose? Ben Affleck's Batman. 100%. Yep. I, don't get, I love Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Love. He's my favorite Spider-Man. He was a dreamy Peter Parker. He was a great Peter Parker. He was a great Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I lo- and, and I only fell more in love with it with Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. But Batman is Batman. And Ben Affleck is my favorite iteration of Batman. So while I love Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, I got to go with Ben as Batman. All right, what's next? Mandy, David Zaslav is my rehab for my addiction to the CW. <laughs> now, if only he would shorten Riverdale season seven like he did with The Flash, I'd reach recovery <laughs> sooner. Well, I mean, there is an answer. It's called don't turn on the TV. Like, I mean, but I get it. I mean, Rob is a great case example of somebody who gets unhealthily addicted to a show. What? Like with Manifest. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. He was getting ready to argue with me. And then he's like, then, oh, oh, yeah. I resemble yeah, that where, statement. Where you just start watching. It's like, now I can't stop watching it. I have never had that problem. Really? But no. I will say this. That, that, <laughs> of course in, you will. In Manifest's defense, it is a ridiculously... Well, it's just a ridiculous show that I can't believe I watch, but it's infinitely better than what I hear Riverdale is. Yeah. I mean, I for a while, I, I was just watch watching Riverdale it. now. I do too. <laughs> I'm morbidly curious to watch one episode. That, that's about it. All right. What's next? 
from A. Marcellus, even in the DC animated show Young Justice, Superman is no longer the leader of the Justice League. He was replaced by Aqualad and then Black Lightning. He just shows up when the plot calls for it. Eh, so what? Who cares what they do in an animated show? I mean, listen, th- I, I, I don't do. mean I'm a big fan of animated movies, all that kind of stuff. But but who cares what they do in an animated show compared to what the feature film universe is doing? It that it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I don't know. What do, what do you think? Do you watch that show? By the I way, I love Young Justice. It's so it's good. good. It's great. <laughs> oh man. But I mean, I think we've had the leader position changed up in a lot of comic book stories. And I don't think that's the issue with the Superman films right now is like Superman needs to be a leader. Superman needs a good story. All right. What's next? From Santiago Lugo. Spent the weekend binging past seasons of the Schmodown. Rob, my captain. John, (laughs) why did the Campion Harloff show stop? Any plans to bring it back? No. Uh, So, so going back a couple of years, me and Christian said, you know what? Let's do like a weekly show together. Just a once a week show. Well, actually, we were going to do two shows. We were going to do, what did we call it? Was it, it like was, light, light Side, light dark, side side? dark Side? We were going to do a Star Wars show together weekly called Light Side, Dark Side. And then we were going to do a weekly Campion Harloff show. And we got into it like a, two weeks and we just realized we don't have the schedule for this. Particularly Harloff, because Harloff was trying to do a lot of stuff not only with his own internet stuff, but he was trying to get Schmodown really going and all that kind of stuff. And it just, there wasn't a lot of time. Not to mention, I was losing, because of the the toxic assholes out there, I was starting to lose some of, I was losing some of my joy for Star Wars just because some of the darker, darker, more toxic, cancerous elements of the fandom was just making it not fun to talk about Star Wars anymore. And we just decided, you know, we don't, if we can't do it properly, let's just not do it. Maybe we can revisit it someday. Um, so who knows what will happen in the future, but there are no plans of it right now. All right, what's next? From Attack of the Moshi. Does Zemo escape Wakanda if it is flooded by Namor? P.S. We need that Thunderbolts roster on Campia Classroom later this week. Uh, did they announce the full lineup? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Uh, when they do, we will go through that. We absolutely will. Okay, well, Zemo, does, but does Zemo end up in Wakanda? Yeah, that's right. They took him away at the end of, uh, or near the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't think he's there for long. I don't think Zemo's there for long. He danced I, on out of there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, because, well, number one of two ways, either way, he's either gets himself out or number two, he killed the Wakandan king. Uh, yeah. Listen, you're talking about a civilization that has ceremonial, literal, mortal combat to establish the thing of the throne, you're going to die. If Zemo is in Wakanda for long, he's going to die because he killed the Wakandan king. So yeah, I don't think he's there anymore one way or the other. All right, what's next? From Stubble McShave, I saw Dolph's demonstration where he breaks six thick ice bricks stacked from floor to chest height with one blow. I see why Sly went to the hospital in Rocky IV. <laughs> he, listen, don't, like, he is still... A huge dude. A I remember I was in, I think I was in Las Vegas in a hotel room with Dolph Lundgren. And that dude, now granted, this was about eight years ago, but even then, that dude is still massive. He's a big, strong man, make dude, no doubt. Back in 2008, I was in Sofia, Bulgaria, producing this movie, The Hills Run Red. And I go down, I'm staying at the Kempinski, the hotel. I go down in the gym to work out and no one else is in there except Dolph Lundgren. And I was sitting there like, is that Dolph Lundgren? 
and it was Dolph Lundgren, and we had a conversation, and he was going to Russia to direct Die Hard at a rock concert where he was directing it, but he plays the drummer of the band. And I kind of watched him work that work out. And I'm like, that dude is, he was still huge. Yeah, this still was in 2008 shape. for people that want to do the timeline. I don't know what movie it was. I've never seen it. Did he ever play a drummer in a diehard-esque movie that they shot in Russia? Not familiar with that, but hey, he played a good villain in Arrow. Yes, he I, did. I liked him in Arrow. I like, I like Dolph Lundgren, uh, but he's guys, huge. Some guys in the chat are pointing out that, uh, who were we talking about? Uh, Zemo is on the raft, not the not Wakanda. Oh, is that what ultimately yeah. happened to him? Okay, the, the that prison, makes more sense. That, that sea prison or whatever. Yeah, I can't, I can't quite remember how Falcon Winter Soldier ended that way. All right, what's next? From Santiago Lugo, what's each of your favorite director of all time? Steven Spielberg. Stanley Kubrick. I don't know. All right, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> From Drama Oh, we did that one. Uh, did that one. Jay Master sending out a $20 oh, super chat. Thank you, Jay Master. Jay Master. Hey, Rob, did you read Legion of Boom veteran linebacker KJ Wright retired as a Seattle Seahawk after 11 NFL seasons on July 27th? Who brought us to Seattle our first ever Super Bowl win in 2014 along with Russell Wilson? I did read that, and I believe that's the last of the Legion of Boom. And uh, it, was a, it was a dynasty that lasted far too short of a period of time. I don't know where the Seahawks are going this year. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm gonna be there though. I can't wait to buy a new jersey. Waiting to do it. Quick, quick Legion of Boom story. Some of you know this, but a bunch of years ago, when I was still doing AMC Movie Talk, um, I was a big fan of 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 the Seahawks at that time. They weren't my main team, but I was a big fan of them. And they were going into the playoffs, and I ended the show by saying, uh, you know, bye everybody. Talk to you next time, and go Legion of Boom. Right? I just said that randomly. Get home. And Coach Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks, his son was was one of the offensive. His son was also one of the offensive coaches on the team. And Pete Carroll's son, who's the offensive coach of the team, emails me and is like, "Watch the show every day, man. Thanks for the shout out to Legion of Boom. You guys want to come down to Seattle get some some uh, field uh, field passes?" We're like, "What?" I mean, it was like one of the coolest moments ever in doing this job. I, I love Dude. that. It was so cool. But I mean, you didn't go. We, we couldn't find a time to go. You didn't go see the Jedi Knights in the Pacific Northwest. We, I, we never had a chance. There were like two or three dates that were available to us, and for different reasons, all of them we couldn't travel. So it was, it was just unfortunate. All right, what's next? Movie craze. After The Flash, they should just recast Ezra with the dude who plays Klaus in Umbrella Academy, and they won't skip a beat. I love that guy. That, that's not a bad idea at all. Oh, man. They could easily get away with doing that. By the way, I, I don't know if I mentioned, I finally finished Umbrella Academy season mm-hmm. three. Love the season. Little little shaky ending. Uh, yeah. me, the ending yeah. was a little shaky, but overall the season was so fun. And Klaus is so great. I love him. I love All him so right. much. What's next? From a man, Oppenheimer will be my first film to shoot in, uh, will be the first film to shoot in IMAX black and white. Nolan going back to his roots and how his career started with another black and white film. Mm-hmm. First of all, that little tease they put out looked beautiful. It, it looked absolutely great. Again, it's Christopher Nolan. I, I mean, he's coming off of the, his most divisive film with um, Tenet. 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 And, and even then, the vast majority of people like it, but it is his most divisive film. Yeah. Um, it's beautifully made. Maybe if I heard most of it, maybe I'd be a little divisive on it too, but it looked <laughs> great, so I liked it. Big audio. Oh. Christopher <laughs> Nolan has got to bring in a consultant to tell him, no, Chris, that's not a good sound mix. 
Yeah. No, I love it when I can't hear things. No, 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 Chris. The audience really doesn't like that. That's his one big Achilles heel as a filmmaker to me. That's how Logan and demo sessions go. No, Chris. <laughs> no, that, Chris. That doesn't, that doesn't need all those fart noises. Stop. Wrong <laughs> approach. No. All right, what's next? From Andy, I agree with, jo- with what John said. Put Riverdale on HBO Max and make it porn. That way, we'll get to watch Archie and Veronica smash up close, just like Betty. Oh, I get it, because that's that's oh, what boy. they did. Mm. For those you missed the joke, uh, Betty was dating Archie, who is invincible. Yes. And her friend Veronica couldn't have sex with anybody because she would destroy them if yes, they had sex. Yes, because she had a, some kind of black widow power. So, whoopsie doodle, yes. you're going to get got. So, whoopsie doodle. Veronica... Yeah. Being the kind-hearted person she is, Betty being the kind, Betty, Betty being the kind heart says, "My girl Veronica needs to get some." Yeah, and well, my boyfriend is indestructible, so let me lend you my boyfriend. There are no vibrators in Riverdale. There's not a single one. <laughs> they don't exist in this universe. There's jingle jangle, superpowers, <laughs> time jingle travel, jangle. but vibrators? Nope. Nope. You gotta borrow my boyfriend. But yeah. Hey, listen. That's you, like my college experience. That is. There that's were no friendship. vibrators in college. That's right. <laughs> anyway, we're going to stop this line of the train of thought right now. What's next? We brought the filthy. From Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. It was awesome cooking for your birthday, Ray. Hope you guys enjoyed it. P.S. You guys need people to pitch in for that WrestleMania suite. I'm in. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna get a WrestleMania suite. That is definitely for sure. I mean, I, of course, that doesn't come for another six months or whatever, but that'll be fun. All right, what's next? From Jay Master, with D23 in just over one month and Marvel Hall D23 panel on Saturday at 10 p.m., what if Kevin Feige brings in Henry Cavill to welcome him to the MCU and the crowd goes wild? Listen, there are going to be bombs dropped at D23. Is their panel really at 10 p.m.? She that, must, must have been must 10 a.m. Must be 10 a.m. Um, I can't stay but, up that late. Yeah, I. they're going to drop bombs. And... I have no doubt there are going to be some shocking things that get strawled out on that stage. I, I have no doubt. Henry Cavill, I... And listen, it has nothing to do with the DC thing. Actors are not under contract to only do movies for one studio. This isn't the 1950s anymore. So, I, I mean, so it's theoretically possible, but I, I wouldn't count on it. Of course, what people really want is him to walk out as Captain Britain. I mean, people have been calling for that for years, but it's a little bit too on the nose for me. So I'm going to say I really doubt it, but it would be pretty fun. All right, what's next? From Anubis Genocide, characters are irrelevant until someone makes a good take on them. I mean, yep. it's 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 true, right? I mean, like I've, I've said this forever. I mean, hold on, let me see if I can. I, I, so this is why this is my favorite figure somebody made of, of me, actually. But right here, they actually put... Felipe, the sentient dancing microphone, Yay. which is the living representation of the philosophy I've always said. You you can make anything. Oh, people are John, do you think X could make a good movie? And I'd say anything can make a great movie. Felipe, the sentient dancing microphone could make a great movie. If you have the right script and the right director and the right idea and right execution, anything can. So absolutely it can, whether it's a Fantastic Four, Superman, whatever. Absolutely. 100%. All right. What's next? From Dad Jokes, based off the end of the movie, what do you think of the premise of Edge of Tomorrow 2 should be about? Uh, how would you guys write it? I uh, th- There's a reason why I'm not a screenwriter. Because <laughs> I don't want to be the one making those decisions. I Listen, I am out of the business of trying to decide what filmmakers should do with their movies. And I've adopted this. Years ago, I adopted a new attitude of, you know what? Show me your movie. I just let me enjoy. So I, I don't know, Rob, but do you, do you have any specific ideas? Well, I mean, the aliens figure out different ways to manipulate time. Maybe they go back and make sure the first movie never happened and they didn't lose. 
Awesome. I don't know. Nice. No way to Here you go. Off the top of my head. Isn't oh. that basically what the machines did in Terminator? Kind of. Okay. Why not? You know? Do it that. Nice. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> From Morgan Holmes sending in a $50 super chat. Morgan, thank you yeah. so much, man. That's incredibly generous, dude. Thank you so much for that. Hey, why don't we just cast the Campia team as the new Fantastic Four? Problem solved. But all jokes aside, Henry is Superman, no question. Cut the check or pay him in Bitcoin. Make it happen. And now for Rob. I still got you just working the numbers. Well, there are two things. The reason why you can't just take the Campia crew and make the Fantastic Four is because I couldn't act to save my life. So there, there's that. Who all are we? There's more than four of them. Can I be Johnny Storm? Can I be Ben Grimm? <laughs> so, but here's, <laughs> I, you know, I had this discussion with... Here's the thing. To my fellow Henry Cavalians, I would say this. Just Cavaliers. because, just because Cavaliers, we are huge nice. Cavalians? Cavalians? Cavalians. Henry Cavaliers. Oh, that's not that, bad. Oh, that's, that's cute. Your, that's your, I like Cavalian. That like sounds Cavellian. like a pasta. Anyway, to my fellow fans of Henry Cavill, <laughs> uh, and you guys know I'm always preaching the gospel of Henry Cavill as Superman and Man of Steel and all that kind of stuff. But... I also have to be the wet blanket quite often when people say, it's just so stupid how they haven't done another one. I'm like, well, now wait a minute. While I want nothing more than him to come back, the reality is Man of Steel didn't do bad, didn't do bad at the box office, but it it, it underperformed what they were hoping. The reactions from both audiences and, and critics and box office were not what they were hoping. And that reputation and that image never really recovered. People were not smart enough to see how glorious this Superman is like me and like many of you fine, intelligent people. Now, in all seriousness, a lot, all film is subjective and a lot of people watch it. And, you know, to my fellow Cavellians who say, it's just so stupid they have now. That's the only way they can go. It's like, well, wait a minute. This is business. As Rob always says, it ain't show friends, it's show business. It's true. And they weren't doing the best business with Henry Cavill's Superman. Am I saying that they shouldn't bring him back? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you have to be smart enough to at least acknowledge why it could be a problem for some people at Warner Brothers to do it. It's not just as simple as we like to make it out to be. I hate being the voice of reason in the room, but we also got to be a little bit more level-headed about it, even though I would totally love to see him come back, and I hope they do. All right, what's next? From Casinema Reviews, have you watched the new Harley Quinn episodes yet? So great to have the show back. It's as funny and heartfelt as ever. Oh, I was talking about it yesterday. They haven't missed a beat. I, I'll be honest with you. I was really worried going into season three. There was a bit of a layoff. That's over on HBO Max. Bunch of changes. I'm thinking, okay, it's it might lose its steam. It might lose its steam. They haven't missed a beat. This show is gloriously funny. Uh, still some of my favorite characters to watch. The writing, the dialogue. Clayface is even better than he was before. Uh, it's just, it's great. I love it. Can't wait for it to keep going. All right, what's next? Um, for Jerome, what bothered you about how the Umbrella Academy season three ended? I'm not going to go into in detail because not everybody has seen it yet. Um, I, I just didn't like where it lent, where it ended off. It Honestly, it felt a little anticlimactic to me. <laughs> a little kind of weird. And, and there's there's a decision that gets made in it that makes no sense to me. So, again, I can't go into details, unfortunately. All right, what's next? From Pugs, Dever Brothers started writing C Stranger Things uh, 5 today. Started well, writing? No, see, they... They've already had season five planned out for a while. You could argue they started writing it, but maybe they say, well, today is the first day that we actually start hammering out what's going to be the production script or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, they, they've been writing it for a long time. All right, what's next? 
from Surjan to all international film fans who liked RRR, another Indian movie recommendation. Tumbad, Amazon Prime. A fantasy horror movie about greed. It has a rich mythology, unique visuals, and a creepy atmosphere. It sounds That's, like your alley. I'll, I'll watch it. it. I have never... I've watched a number of, of Indian films. I've never seen a horror one, though. Oh, so that's interesting. Had, yeah, they've made a lot of really interesting horror fantasies. They, they're they different then, but there's they're some good ones. But, I mean, I still haven't seen RRR. Yeah, you, so you I, I got to get RRR. on that pretty fast. All right, what's next? From Santiago Lugo. John, personal assistant update? Hmm? Oh, well, uh, yeah. uh, Taylor just handed me this. Uh, yeah, so uh, he's off screen. Uh, I, I'll write a post about it, introduce you guys to Taylor. But yes, Taylor is now here, uh, who is now working with us. And we're very excited about right. that. And brought looking. Muppets to our He's office. He's all like, you <laughs> awkward over here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's next? From Omar OVO, sending a $20 super chat. Thank you, Omar. Hope y'all are doing well. Just wanted to know, what's your favorite scene from Spider-Man 2? Which is my favorite movie. Mine is the scene where Peter imagines he's talking to Uncle Ben, which transitions to him throwing away the suit. <sighs> it would... I would have to think about that. It, it would involve a scene with Octavius. Absolutely. I mean, it mm. just, the, the, that character is so well. I mean, look, the one of the things about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films is they did really get repetitive. Like every single villain in every single one of the movies, at least the main ones, were all kind of the same thing. They were a good guy with good motivation. Then something kind of quirky happens. And, oh, now I'm the bad guy. I mean, that happened every single time in every single one of Raimi's movies. Uh, Mary Jane gets kidnapped by the bad guy, dangled from the high place as bait for Spider-Man. Did it in every single one of his three movies. I mean, he got a little bit repetitive, but I mean, he was just firing on all cylinders. Spider-Man 2 is still one of the greatest comic book films of all time. It's that or Into the Spider-Verse. Those are the two greatest Spider-Man films ever made. I get into a lot of arguments with people because I, I say, listen, Marvel's great. I love Marvel. I I do. But Marvel hasn't made either of the two best Spider-Man movies. The two best Spider-Man movies were both made by Sony. Um, and Spider-Man 2 is definitely one. Of, still one of the greatest comic book films of all time. And Octavius was like such a great foil in that. Such a great antagonist. So any scene it would be would be that. Do any of you guys have a, like a favorite scene from Spider-Man 2? I'm trying to think. It definitely I love the end scene where, um, where he's looking at, at um, not Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane. You know, it's kind of revealed for sure that that's, you know, Peter Parker is um, Spider-Man. After right. the collapse and everything, and he's all torn up in his suit. By the way, at the time, one of the best, the train sequence. Well, the, the oh, train yeah. sequence is great. That That's actually, but, you know, one of the best visuals at that time, it was a little bit of uh, bullet time, a little bit of some other technology too, but I'd never seen an effect quite like it. There, He's sitting in the diner chatting mm-hmm. with Mary Jane, and all of a sudden the car comes flying through, right? It was in the trailer, too. That yeah, was also in the trailer. And, and actually, they spoofed it in Into the Spider-Verse a little right. bit as well. Right. That is like one of my favorite scenes. At the time, as somebody who had worked in visual effects, I'm like, I, it just blew my mind how that shot looked. It was incredible. All right, what's next? From Santez Henderson, Superman will always be relevant. Idiots who want edgy heroes are the reason why he sinks in popularity. No, I listen, I don't think it's necessarily about being I'll tell you, look, Rob and I talk about this a lot. It's not just about, well, people just want edgy heroes. No, that's not necessarily it. Look at Captain America. He's not an edgy hero, but he's the best character in the MCU. The there is always a challenge with telling good Superman stories because every good story has to have 
man versus. It's it's man versus nature, man versus self, man versus man, whatever it is, right? To come up with a good, narrative-driven, fleshed-out, interesting something for Superman to fight against is difficult, Rob. You and I have talked about that. Uh, 100%. I mean, I would pose to you watching, all of you viewers, come up with your favorite Superman story and see how hard it is. Like, what are you going to, if you're going to sit down no, and watch no, it. Everybody thinks their Superman story idea. Well, I mean, but if you think about it, think about whatever story you'd want to see in a two-hour movie. How would that go? Like, how would you set it up? How would you make it compelling to watch? What would happen? More, more importantly, what would Superman and Clark Kent do in this movie for two hours? How are you going to make it fun to watch? What are you going to do? I mean, even if you think back to, like, Superman 2, Superman 2 opens in Niagara Falls, and they have this kind of comedy bit where Lois Lane and and Superman, actually it opens, I think, in Paris, but the when you see Clark and, and Lois together in Niagara Falls, it's this goofy non-Superman scene, you know? It's hard to come up with a really interesting, compelling Superman movie. And I think Superman and Lois, the new CW series, well, it's now HBO Max, has done a great job of making Superman a father. Because it doesn't matter how many superpowers you have, that doesn't make you a good father. I mean, none of them help you in that. And yeah. and that's why it's a brilliant conceit for a show. And they were kind of going in that direction with Superman Returns. And I think in the if they ever made a sequel, they would have leaned into that. But it's hard to come up with a really great Superman story, especially not for the comics, but for a movie that you're going to expect an audience to watch. That, that's the thing, right? Because everybody can say, well, no, have him go to, you know, he fights Darkseid and then Brainiac comes. And it's like, okay, but you also got to make it so it's accessible accessible and 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 desirable to the average movie going audience and that's a tall order it's a really it's a tall really order. tall order all right what's next from ben rayner thoughts on the margot robbie movie terminal i liked it quite a bit and i love the twist at the end i was actually at the premiere uh that's where i first met Mar margot robbie i was uh, ann and i were at the premiere of that i got to meet mike myers uh simon Pegg. um i didn't think it was great I, I mean, I had fun with it. It was a really cool idea. There was a little bit of guerrilla Sin City style uh, shooting up and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think there's a reason why we haven't heard Margot Robbie talk about that movie much. It, it wasn't the best. Did you guys have a chance to see it? I thought no. that Tom Hanks starred in it. It took place at an airport. Same. I yeah. thought, I was like, Margot Robbie right, was Ray? in Ray's favorite movie? <laughs> Dang. Uh, yeah, very different. That would be The Terminal. The mm. terminal. Mm. See what a difference that they'll make. There's there's, yeah. there's a pattern there. The the movies with terminal in them don't turn out very good. Ooh. Terminal the uh, terminal terminal list. Now so fortunately for Chris Pratt, <laughs> Terminal List is a TV show, so maybe that'll right. be uh, maybe that'll be better. All right, what's next? From Blaine Melvin, what if John Watts stepped down to let John Krasinski direct Fantastic Four? So now Kevin Feige lets John Watts direct Secret Wars. Oh, listen, I I said when we found out that John Watts stepped down, um, I had said at the time what I would totally believe is that some some opportunity presented itself to Kevin Feige. And Kevin Feige went to John Watts and said, tell you what, do me this solid. You, we just say it's a schedule thing, whatever. You step down from this. Because the official reason they gave was total bullshit. 
To, oh, oh, I'm just, oh, whew, I'm so sleepy, so tired from making all these big things. No, I need to step, take a step back. John Watts doing Star Wars, everybody. Like, it was such bullshit. They clearly, listen, Kevin Feige approached him and said, listen, you do me a solid. You step down from this, and I'm going to give you something sweet. Whether that something sweet was his own Star Wars series yeah. or whether that something sweet is going to be one of the Avengers films or whether that something sweet is going to be another big choice, juicy MCU project down the line, whatever it is. So, But the question then becomes, what was that opportunity that made Kevin Feige want to do that? Was it a John Krasinski? Was it a Steven Spielberg? I mean, it wasn't, but oh my God, if it was. Um, was it a Steven Spielberg? Was it a, a I, I don't know, like, whoever was it a tarantino what like whatever it was we're going to find out and i believe we're going to find out at d23 in just a few short weeks we're going to get all the answers hope so all right what's next from mr holbrook can you say if the we perceive the native americans prey is handled like in the show warrior i have no idea what you're asking can you say if the we perceive the native american prey Native yeah, Americans I'm... in Prey is handled like in the show Warrior. So do we perceive the Native Americans in Prey like we do in the show Warrior? But I don't know the show I have Warrior. no I idea Warrior. what the comparison there. I'm sorry, Miss. You know what? You probably got a really good question in there, Holdbrook, but you just it just didn't come out right. I'm sorry about that. All right, what's next? From Ricky Bizarro. Oh, wait. Quality not included. Disney Plus done with six-episode format? I, I, so. I wouldn't bet money that they're done with it, but I sure hope they are. 12 episodes, 18 episodes. Let's go. Bring it All on. Right. What's next? Let's go. From Ricky Pizarro, one of two. So I listen to the John Campia show every day in the gym. Wise man. Yesterday as I was working out, the topic of jump scares came up. I was doing my thing as usual, and suddenly the John Campia theme it works. So, in my eardrum. It worked. Yay. It worked, Jonathan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> did that on purpose. Is there a second part? Is there a second part? Oh, yeah. That was one of yeah. two. Here we go. Nearly dropped 50 pounds on my skull. Nice <laughs> to Jonathan. You'll be hearing from my lawyer, JK. That's right. Of course. Now, listen. We here on the on stage, we didn't know that Jonathan did that. No, because we we don't actually hear what's going on. So Jonathan hit that button and it gets streamed out to the audience, and then he had to tell us afterwards what he did. Yeah, but, I wanted the visual so you guys knew what I was doing, but I forgot the visual was cut off. But apparently, it had the desired effect. I mean, yep. probably not having the visual up added to the jump scariness of it. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Zach Marcello, sending in a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you, Zach. Just rewatched the two most recent uh, Mission Impossible movies over the weekend, and I was reminded how good they are. I'm curious to see how well the upcoming films do after the massive success of Top Gun 2. What carryover do you think it has? Zero. I think any carryover will be carryover from the other Mission Impossible films. Like What we've learned is that just because The Rock is in a billion-dollar movie does not mean the next Rock movie is going to make over $500 million. So I, I don't think any of it's going to have anything to do with Top Gun. I think it'll have a lot to do with the fact that the audiences love the Mission Impossible movies, right? You know, I don't, I haven't seen any of the Mission Impossible movies, what? but just because I love Top Gun so much, I'm actually going to watch this one that's coming out. You so should. I will say that for myself. So that's one extra. You've ticket. got to at least watch the last two. But that's one extra ticket that he wouldn't have gotten if I didn't see Top Gun. Well, yeah, awesome. listen, I don't think the effect is zero. Like, I don't think it's right. absolute zero. But I think the real momentum is the quality of the previous two Mission Impossible movies. Right. That's what's going to make people run Agreed. out to see the next right. Mission Impossible. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Harado, why did I think The Flash was already canceled? I, I mean, listen, yeah. it's true. Right? Like, I, it's like, really? It's still going? I mean, that's totally how it feels like. You're not alone. You're not alone. All right, what's next? 
from Gesh Kumar. Some support. Thank, well, thank you, you so Gesh. much. Uh, Badiger, uh, Batgayer played. Badiger play? Uh, hello, John and crew. I can ask Jonathan and Rob, what will you choose? Avatar 2 or Black Panther 2 or Aquaman 2? Choose one. Black Panther 2. I choose Avatar 2. It's hard. I just man. want to see what James Cameron does with the technology. Yep. yep. Got the water movies. I got to go Avatar 2. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, Avatar is the biggest film of all time to see what, and Cameron only makes a movie every like baby cycle. So yeah. I mean, it's it's like baby cycle. Baby cycle. <laughs> like I, 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 but I want all three of them. The great thing is, is we don't have to choose because yeah, we, we get, we get to watch them all. All right, what's next? From Samus Knight, in Aztec religion, Talakana is like the rainy and wet version of Valhalla. It's where Aztecs went when they died from lightning, drowning, or any water-related death. It's ruled by the rain god Tala, uh, Talalak. Yeah, we talked about this on the show, where yeah. there's a tiered system of heaven too. I wonder if we could get a Talak and Bast conflict going on could that'd happen. be rad i mean i don't see ryan coogler doing that if it was like in a disney plus series i could maybe see him doing it i don't think ryan coogler will but i mean there's a lot of interesting battle of the ancestral realms I maybe mean, that's where some of the movie takes place ooh. could be i mean they did that in um moon Knight, Man. where we got to see that that version of afterlife yep. it's like the ancestral they talked about the ancestral plane for wakandans and everything yep. stop so pitching knows? shows and movies i want to see <laughs> gosh all right what's next you married from, him for a reason i know oh we're so happy together from benjamin tam <laughs> loved the andor trailer i wonder if they will release three episode blocks each week or traditional single episodes per week no they're going to release traditional episodes per week i mean remember they're not alone in this like many of the streamers have released the first two episodes of the thing and then go to the week to week thing. Disney has experienced way too much success with their week to week releases. So they don't want to just enjoy four weeks of this. Yeah. They want to enjoy 11 weeks of constant everybody talking about it, buzzing about it, watching the ratings go up and up and up. That's what they want to do. So they'll go week to week for sure with individual episodes. All right, what's next? From CJ Rebirth, I've enjoyed all the recent live Disney remakes, but Lion King, uh, but Lion King and Milan, both of them let me down, and the latter needed its songs. Um, nope, the songs would not have made that Milan movie one one ounce better. I mean, listen, and by the way, and I didn't mind, I didn't mind the Milan remake, live action remake, but the way it was done, adding the songs wasn't going to make it any better. And I disagree with a lot of people. Like Aaron and I went to go see the live action. Um, Lion King. I think you all are fucking crazy. That movie fucking rules. It's awesome. It is not as good as the original anime. I mean, it's just not. It's not. But I would. I thought it was breathtakingly beautiful. And and there were a number of times that Aaron was in tears. I was nearly in tears. That's an astonishing achievement. It, it's an what John Favreau did uh, with that movie. I thought was incredible. Again, I know that's not the popular opinion, but fuck it. I don't care if it's the popular opinion or not. It's it's my opinion. I thought it was actually great, but. Absolutely. You know, Mulan, Mulan, ABBA has come back. And if ABBA had done a soundtrack for Mulan, a disco score. Well, if ABBA had done anything, if ABBA, oh my God, ABBA should do the soundtrack for John Wick 4. How much would that rule? Have you, did you see the documentary about ABBA reforming? No. And oh my God, it's so good. I think you can find it on YouTube. It's like, sure. It's like a 30 minute thing. Watch that and go straight to Eurovision. ABBA makes everything better. All right. What's next? From William Barber, what happened with your reviews on the Halo series? Hashtag Trollface. I don't think we ever did do reviews of. No, we didn't. No, we weren't doing. We weren't we doing many reviews. Yeah, we did. Like, yeah, we just know. talked about briefly yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, there wasn't really a lot of 
<laughs> I like the series. I, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't do. love every episode. Don't get me wrong. I didn't like every episode, but I, in general, I ended up yeah. really liking the series. I'm looking forward to it coming back. All right, what's next? From Perfect, uh, uh, Perfectly Legal Blockade. Hi, John. <laughs> Cineflex Theaters. <laughs> Yay or nay? Thanks in advance, sir. Uh, well, if you're in Canada, you really don't have a, you don't have a choice. Can you read you that want again? to go to a movie? Ninety percent of the movie theaters around you are Cineplex. Listen, they were my favorite movie theater chain for a long time. Somewhere along the lines, they went to the dark side uh, and started doing some really, really crappy things that basically i mean they might as cineplex might as well have made commercial says cineplex theaters we hate you all and we're gonna show you i mean really because they they do every time i would go back to visit canada and i would go to a cineplex theater there was something new of them literally you know standing up taking it out and then pissing all over the audience I mean, that's really, that's the only thing left. That's their 40X, by the way. That's Cineplex's version of 40X. Oh, no. That's what it is? That's what it is. Oh, I hated that I saw Sonic that way now. They call it wet works. There's a lot of people that would pay extra money for that. I mean, it's true. There are. It's a different theater. Like, seriously, every time I would go back to Canada, it was Cineplex doing a new fun way of coming up to tell the audience, we hate you. And there's nothing you can do about it because we're the only game in town. Um, I have seen them try to do some things lately to improve that i just i can't get that image of you out of my mind because <laughs> i'll tell you what it was a dream for a long time of me like when i was working at amc like i am a little insight into the mind of john campy here i am I think always thinking some. about <laughs> with everything up, except <laughs> my marriage with everything except my marriage to ann i am always i always think of my exit strategy like i always try to i always try to plan three or four steps ahead and even when I was at AMC and still very, very happy at AMC, my dream job was to go back to Canada and do what I was doing for AMC for Cineplex because they were my favorite theater chain. I loved Cineplex. It was my dream job. And then slowly my dream started to be shattered as every time I went back there and they were doing one more thing. Like I, I remember this one time I went there. I want to take my mom to a movie, right? And I can't, it might have been Aquaman. I think I wanted to take my mom to see Aquaman, right? They had like five screenings of it that day. Only one wasn't in 3D. Everything else was 3D. And the only screening of it that wasn't in 3D was like three in the afternoon. And they were doing that because, fuck you, audience. We're going to make you pay us the premium charge for something you don't even fucking want. We know you don't want 3D, but that gives us an excuse to charge you more. So we're going to make all of our screenings in 3Ds. You know why? Because fuck you. That's that's Cineplex. By the way, they're probably not. Uh, if, if my business manager has been on the phone with Cineplex recently trying to work out a sponsorship deal, I probably just killed it. But I mean, it, it I bet is, the bulb wasn't even bright enough. The bulb was probably not even bright enough, man. <sighs> that's also the name of my biography. <laughs> the bulb wasn't bright enough. All right. What's next? From Jerome, how did y'all overall feel about season three of Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy? Um, really enjoyed them both. I, I don't yep. think either was their strongest seasons, but I really enjoyed both. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love both of those shows. I, You know what? I used to love all three very equally. Doom Patrol, Umbrella Academy, The Boys. I think The Boys has pulled ahead. Uh, a little bit. I just, but I, I still, I love all three of those shows. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Jay, one of two. I'm an 80s baby, 1981, and I've seen some of my favorite cartoon shows get a live action mo movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, He-Man, Transformers, G.I. Joe. And... There it is. Uh, 
uh, hell, even the Smurfs and Alvin and the Chipmunks got a movie. So why, by the eye of Thundara, hasn't the Thundercats gotten a live action movie yeah. yet? Jay, I'm with they you. They did Garchfield Kids, too. Um, yeah. There's, uh, there's a couple of actually very, very good reasons. Um, one is, I don't think any student's ever really been able to come up with, what does that even look like? Like, what? How, what's your cat, approach to tiger. it? Right? Do you try to do Game of Thrones kind of thing? Do you go tongue-in-cheek? So there's that. But the other thing is this. Compared to all the other ones, this by far would be the most expensive one. So it's the biggest risk. Doing Thundercats is the biggest risk. So I think that combination of trying to come up with the right script that just clocks the right tone and done the right way, it's it's going to be difficult. I, I know we mentioned my friend Christian the other day, but Christian has always thought, he always pitched it this way. Make Thundercats a cross between Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. But here's the problem, and I brought this up to him once. It's easy to say that. Yeah. I'll just make it a cross between Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. That's easy to say. It's it's actually a brilliant idea. But, I mean, pulling that off and actually writing that. Well, the help. real question, too, would be, do you make it a live action movie or do you make it a CG movie? What would it be? It would have to be live action. Yeah. And if it was live action, like you said, how do you do that? Because they've done a lot of animated Thundercats. Even sure. a couple of years ago, they came out with a new but Thundercats. But how do you thing. do the Thundercats in live action? That, it's on it's tough. Come I don't on, know Disney. how to do that. Come I'm on, like, Disney. Drop well, that bomb at D23, baby. They don't have the rights. Oh, so. yeah. All right, what's next? From Khalil Frederick. Have you guys been enjoying Murders in the Only Murders in the Building? Yes, yes. it's it's quite a good show. It, they, uh, I, it's really good. I'll I tell you what, it. Steve Martin and Martin Short. I mean, they just, that's just magic. Their stand up show on, on stage is great together. So Only Murders in the Building is great. And Nathan Obviously, Lane, too. Oh, Nathan He's Lane great is on great. It. Selena Gomez is crushing it on there. When you can yep. be the straight man among those two, come on. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Go all the way back to um, uh, Three Amigos. Three Amigos. I mean, uh, good night, Ned. We... All right, what's next? From Nikita Mohanan. Hey guys, did y'all see the Tiff and Venice lineup? Was hoping you would cover it as a main topic because many Oscar contenders are having their debut. No, we we never really cover what film festival would be. Like the reality is we haven't seen any of those movies yet. Um and and so really there's no I have never, I don't think I've ever made a topic out of a film festival lineup. And also the topics begin when Tiff and Venice have screened those movies. Yes, and, and we start to get reactions out of yeah. them. That's when those stories start to become relevant. So uh, always interested in what goes on at the Toronto International Film Festival. It, I think it's become probably the most important as far as the Hollywood business goes. Probably the most important film festival in the world. And it's always fun. All right, what's next? From A. Marcellus. Even as a comic fan, I never cared for the Fantastic Four. But even I recognize how important they are to the Marvel Universe. Reed Richards' intellect has saved the hero so many times. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anybody's going to go see the movie, right? Like, that that literally doesn't mean anybody's going to go see the movie, nor is anybody obligated to go see it. So, but I, again, to your point, Rob, these are characters that have a lot of rich background to them. They're multiple-dimensional characters. If you do it right, this thing could be the biggest thing Marvel's ever done. It could be. Theoretically. All right, what's next? From Russell Amador. Hmm, where's Amy at? No one worried? Uh, I don't know how clear I could have made it, Russell. Amy was brought in as a, as a temporary fill-in for Chris Carr when she was out with COVID. I was very, very clear about that. So I don't know why that's been a question. Yeah. And Amy's doing great. Yeah, Amy's the doing great. Amy's doing wonderful. We got All burgers right. at the stand the other day. <laughs> What's Amy. next? Uh, floating kites. Are you guys watching Sandman on Friday? Oh, oh, I know this guy is. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll still be here at work, but before work begins and after work's over, I'll be watching. No, he's going to have his phone show. like this. You're going to see him with his phone. Saying, like the whole day. <laughs> Rob, what do you think about this? No, man. I want to hear like, it full surround on the big. Actually, I'm going to go to your house <laughs> and watch yeah. it in my theater. <laughs> there we go. We'll get, that's, 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 that's what we do on Twitter. Come yeah, on. No that's how you do it. Buddy. Come All on. right. What's next? From Nico. Hey, John, do you still have the slight hope that sometime when you're going about your day, the light suddenly dims, the rock says, oh, we have one more thing, and Henry Cavill comes onto the stage? There's n- in the world of entertainment, there is nothing I want more. <laughs> there is nothing I want more. Uh, I, I, look, I, I shouldn't even share this, but I just want to a lot. You get, I got an email yesterday <laughs> talking about surprise things that happened. I'm not gonna, and I'm not going to tell you who it was from. I'm not going to tell you who it was from. But let's just say I got an email yesterday from one of my favorite people in the business, like one of my absolute favorite people in the business who you know. And I was so freaked out. Like you would think after doing this job, like any normal person, any normal person who has been doing this job as long as I've been doing it would totally be far more mature about it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, somebody in this. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Not me. I got this email from somebody yesterday, somebody we have talked about on this show, and I fangirled out. Like I just, I was that girl at the front row of the Elvis concert. <laughs> like there's freaking out. I was so freaked out. I immediately shared the email with everybody on you the did. team. I sent the email. Oh my God, this just happened. And I sent the email out. Um, and so, yeah, I still get very, 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 geek boyed out i i still i still freak out like a lot with stuff like this and the, and it just it was so i mean it was out of nowhere it was un, it was just out of nowhere they just dropped me this note and i freaked out that's the kind of reaction i would have if the rock still came out of some event and said henry cavill and by the way um hey jonathan i don't know if you still have it loaded do you have the spoiler graphic there do you got that loaded up in the uh in the oh there it is okay i'm about to give a spoiler for something in super pets okay just heads up, while this spoiler alert is up, you're in danger. So if you don't want to know what happens in something that happens in Super Pets, hit mute That's on it. I'm out of here. thing right now, okay? Hit mute, okay? You've been warned. Once the spoiler sign goes down, you can come back. So I'm going to hit mute on you. Got it. <laughs> so <laughs> I did not see this when I saw Super Pets. We saw the mid-credit scene and thought that was it and left. There is a post-credit scene. After all the credits roll, there is a post-credit scene. And it's Black Adam. First, Black Adam's dog shows up and steals Crypto's Batman squeezy doll. And Crypto says, that's my toy. And Black Adam's dog goes, then why is it in my mouth? Which is a great line, by the way. Great line. And then it cuts over to Superman standing, watching his dog. And you see behind Superman, Black Adam drops down. And he turns around and goes, and you hear Black Adam say, Superman. And it's Dwayne Johnson's voice. And then you hear Superman just go, Black Adam. And then that's it, right? Now, I know when it comes to the Henry Cavill as Superman thing, I do not think rationally. I know I put on the tinfoil hat, but give me this one, okay? That to me is like, again, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson constantly wanting to talk about Superman and all that kind of stuff, I still have hope. I mean, it probably ain't going to happen. I talked on the show the other day about how the rational side of my brain believes it ain't going to happen. But I believe that gives us a little bit of hope. All right. With that said, take down the spoiler thing. You're good to turn back on your volume. All right. What's next? From Timbula the Spider Monkey. Hi, Bob. 
John, when you mentioned the director of Nobody, I heard David Lynch, and now all I want for Nobody 2 is to be a David Lynch film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so very different. David Leach and David Lynch are two very, very different I'd, uh, I'd watch the hell out of a David yeah. Lynch Nobody movie. That would be kind of he, fun. He'd probably make it, and Bob Odenkirk would never show up. Oh, my God. He would just disappear. <laughs> David Lynch is Get nobody. It? Get it? Get it? All right. What's next? From Chris Snyder. How would you feel if more comic book movies went back to solo universes like Batman, the Batman as opposed to shared universes? I would love it. All I, Listen, I shared cinematic universe is great, but it doesn't mean a damn thing if the movies aren't good. Mm-hmm. And if an individual movie is good, it doesn't mean a damn thing that's not part of a shared cinematic universe. I really like standalone films. I really like shared cinematic universe films. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is is the movie you go to see a good movie or not that's it and as long as they're giving us good movies i like seeing a good mixture of some standalone ones since that gives way more creative freedom to the filmmakers yeah because they're not handcuffed to a shared cinematic universe and all the rules it has and i love good shared cinematic universe films but at the end of the day it's all about just a good movie all right what's next from Fredo. 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 I hope to smoke the dank nugs one day with y'all. <laughs> dang, that's a new t-shirt. That <laughs> you know, one of these days when we have the money, which we don't, but one of these days when we have the money, I'm going to hire leave? a full-time artist who's just going to every day design a new t-shirt. Yay! And, and we'll put it up in a good merch store because right now we've got like three shirts. <laughs> we got like Bring on the Filthy, the John Cave Show. That's about it. But mm-hmm. like dank nugs, that would definitely, that dank would be today's shirt. Sell. Uh, and my restaurant, Dank Nugs and Fatty Rails. <laughs> Is that the name of Fatty your boneless bar? <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's my after hours bar. That's my speakeasy. <laughs> Dank Nugs and Fatty Rails. All right, what's oh, next? Wow. I'm From Cincinnati's Five Star Barber. Cincinnati. Hey guys, what a surprise! Yet another classic movie that Mr. Aura has not seen. <laughs> oh man, my favorite Pixar movie for why? Another T-shirt. So when is the watch party for Ratatouille? Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Oh, and Ray, my birthday is Monday, so he's got his birthday soon. Which, yeah. by the way. Like, if you didn't see that movie, then one of the best parts of everything everywhere all at once will mean nothing to you. Yeah. Uh, again, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, but yes, I mean, maybe we should even film some of Ray's reaction to, to watching. To watching. Ray, you are going to love this movie. I bet I would. Yeah, you are going to love this movie. All right. What's next? From James Wheeler sending in a $100 super chat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hi, James. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, James. That's incredibly generous of you. Thank. First of all, you've been around our channel for a long Thank you so much for that. And thank you for supporting us on that level, man. That's incredibly great. And on behalf of everybody who watches the show, thank you for supporting it on that level. That's great, man. Thank you. All right. What does James have to say? Then- Probably something stupid. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Talking about Roadhouse style bars, my hometown in Massachusetts has a bar called Barringer, always referred to as Brawlingers. Well, you know, mass holes being mass holes, man. <laughs> we can't help ourselves sometimes. I want to go to Brawlingers. Oh, yeah. no, don't rob. All right, listen. I always get made fun of because I'm a Canadian. I, okay, so the, you're from where? I know nobody knew that. Nobody, did you know I was Canadian? I, I just thought you were a fan of their merch. <laughs> it's just always from rocking the Canadian stuff. <laughs> so people always make fun of the way I say the name of the state that Boston's in. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. That's it. Yeah. Did I get it? Yeah. yeah. How did? Okay. How I was do you usually people, say it? Maybe I just said Massachusetts. Are you, well, now you're just very concerned. Yeah. Okay, this now, is like watching now, Logan try to say charcuterie. Now I'm getting caught up in my hunt. Yeah, <laughs> charcuterie. That's what charcuterie. And, yeah. and calls yeah. it shark- charcuterie. Yeah. What's Matt, charcuterie. You know what? It's funny, John. Is growing up, I used to love watching. Uh, you can't do that on television. Oh yeah. No, it was like Canadian or. I, I was such a little kid, 
and I just was like, it's so weird. Like, where do they get these kids? They talk so weird. Like, <laughs> weird accent. Like, yeah. what part of America is this? You know, one of the one of the great female musical artists of our time came from that show. Alanis Morissette came from. Uh, you can't do that. Oh, I didn't know that. Aww. All right, what's next? From Zach Keenan. Hola. Always look forward to the show, and everyone does a fantastic job. Thank Thanks, you. Zach. Well, well. Well, eh, yeah. Most of, most of the people do a We're fantastic job. We're doing a job. great job. <laughs> All right, what's next? Gambit is my favorite X-Men and was wondering if any one of you knew why his movie with Channing Tatum was scrapped. Probably the merger. Uh, yeah, the merger. That that wasn't part of that. I mean, there, listen, there are probably a dozen projects that we never even knew about yeah. that probably got scrapped. That wasn't the direction that they were going to go in. Um, and listen, while the world, it was much like the Ben Affleck situation. When the world laughed when they first announced that Channing Tatum was going to be Gambit, I was one of the few people I knew that said, You'll see. He's going to make a great Cajun. He's going to do this. He's going to do this right. He's got the moves. He's got the physicality for it. He's got the look for it. And while I used to think at one point that Channing Tatum was the worst actor in Hollywood getting consistent work, he worked his ass off and got better and better and better to the point where he's become a fine actor. Not one of the world's best, but he's a fine actor. Yeah. And I, I kept telling people, you'll see. This is going to be just like the Ben Affleck thing. But unfortunately, that he never got a chance, which is too bad because he was real passionate about it mm -hmm. it broke I, I read an interview with him about it. he said just he's never had a bigger more a bigger thing disappoint him in his career um he was like all in on that all right what's next from ryan gerger hi everyone i just started to watch for all mankind and now i'm on season two it's so good oh, yep. good work you and ray have been doing i mean i'm Spread telling you word. i want my apple check i'll never get it but i'm happy to do it work for free all right what's next from Lorenzo Ramos, I went to go watch Vengeance and thought it was great. Have you seen it yet? That's the that's the new um, you know um, the Office. DB. Oh, BJ Novak. Oh, yeah. Yes, no, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. Our friend Scott Mance loved loved it. it. Yeah, so, I really want to see. It looks great. Yeah, yeah. So no, I have not seen it yet. Um, I didn't even know it was in theaters already. Yeah. It I opened see, last they, weekend. Man, they've done a terrible job marketing that terrible. movie. I had no idea it was even out. So, yeah, I want to see it. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Thanks for sharing your recommendation, man. All right, what's next? Uh, we're just ending with some support now. Denali Grimson and LSC. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you guys for sending that in, right? I got one more premium chat, if I could uh, sure. read it out. It's from Jerome. He says, do you guys like those Twitter pictures? I made y'all that made y'all look like Disney characters. Oh, I I've, love those. I've generally been making artwork of movies and TV using phone apps thanks guys for all you do i haven't seen them i love I them they were them. good I, I don't look any different at all you both look like beautiful little princesses and it's them? still me oh, being like did he make us into princess i would love to see them well, they're, yeah, they're on we're Twitter, all, we're all just look. like I mean, sweet soft little faces and can stuff. you retweet them out again yeah <laughs> i was gonna say they're buried retweet. Yeah, we'll check them out send them send them to these guys so they can show yeah. me i'd love to see it all right guys and that'll do it for that installment of the john campion show thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for your support. Don't forget to come on back and join us for the next installment of the John Campion Show tomorrow. We hope to get, see you guys then. While you're here, guys, if you want to help this video and help the channel out a lot, just click the thumbs up button on the video. Make sure you leave a comment down below. All that stuff goes a long way to helping the channel out. So... For everybody in the room, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, the one and only Chris Carr, 
Ray Aura, and of course, producer Jonathan Voiko. My name's John Campia. That'll do it for us for now, guys. See you tomorrow. And until then, my friends, bye-bye.